What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Troll Bro, dude. And as slop season winds down, we're still going to keep the slop going over here. We're, we're shifting from the playback streams back to our regular YouTube streams for the Patreon subscribers. Sign up for the You Know Ball Patreon if you have not already, especially for slop season. Uh, it is a lot of fun. We have a ton of extra content up on there right now. Also, use the promo code SLOP, that's S-L-O-P, to get a $100 deposit match on Underdog. You can go on there and do the pick for your favorite players' NFL stats right now for the upcoming season. Higher or lower on Jalen Hurts. Uh, higher or lower on A.J. Brown's yards. You can do all of that right now on Underdog Fantasy. So use the promo code SLOP. It's a $100 deposit match, and it supports the program, keeps things going over here. So if you have not already... Please do that. The link is in the description for that as well. Speaking of, uh, we have we have our own slop drama going on with the Philadelphia 76ers, with the Miami Heat, with the Clippers a little bit kind of involved in uh, a periphery view right now. So, Sam, hmm. first off, we'll talk about Daryl Morey. We'll talk about the Sixers offseason and the fact that it's been incredibly uh, – unrewarding so far i would say has done one thing sign patrick beverly uh which i i've actually i do want to talk about that let's talk about the beverly stuff up top because he's the goat i love patrick beverly uh i wanted patrick beverly on the sixers for five years Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mostly because i want to uh I, I wanted to have someone who was, you know, a dog, Philly guy, you know, fucking gotten annoyed opponents. Basically, like, our own kind of uh, middle-class version of Marcus Smart. Um, mm-hmm. And now they got him, and <laughs> it's like, in the middle of losing four rotation players <laughs> from last year, um, and then in addition to, well, three real rotation players... And then in addition to that, him coming off of uh, probably the worst season of his career, and he's 35 years old. So as much as I love Patrick Beverly, not not the most exciting signing, I have to say. It's certainly not as exciting as your Celtics signing multiple farm guys in O'Shea Brissett and uh, Delano Ban. Yeah, I mean, like, look, we can't all be so lucky as to have uh... – Parm directly working for our front office. I'm sorry if I wasn't supposed to reveal that, that, um, you know, Brad Stevens directly employs Parm. Um, but, uh, you know, this is just the reach of YKB. Um, you know, now is Parm sending us the worst of his guys uh, to sabotage the Celtics? Uh, perhaps. We, we, we will find out, um, you know, if he's... Well, let me ask you, would you rather agent. have Delano, Banton, or Patrick Beverly for next year? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Neither of them are going to play in the playoffs. Sure. Would play for the Celtics in the playoffs. Patrick Beverly will probably play for Nick Nurse in the 76ers playoffs in their new um, get him boys uh, identity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very Nick good point. Yeah. Very good so, point. you know, like I, I think that, you know, he, he is certainly a, a fit with, let's say, Nick Nurse's coaching style. Sure. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I do think um, I, I think both are fine signings. I mean, I think the thing that kind of stands out to me about this like slop season is like, yeah, like I even said it like before we got into slop season. Like, yeah, sometimes when we like expect a lot of slop, it's like 
kind of boring and it has been like I don't want to say a boring slop season but like it's just been very like chalk you know what I'm saying like even like like probably like the most surprising thing was like Fred Van Vliet's contract or Jeremy Grant's contract and like when you take a step back and consider everything like those weren't even really like that bad you know what i'm saying like i don't think either of those are going to end up being like evan turner contracts or like timothy mozgov contracts we need to we need to bring back dumb gms like i i I think that i i think that and i i talked about the fred van fleet and we'll talk about our favorite and least favorite signings a little bit later we talked like you can contextualize pretty much every signing that's been made this offseason yeah and like yeah i can't really get excited about the sixers offseason but also like there hasn't been a guy that's signed for the MLE that I'm like, man, I really wish the Sixers got him. Yeah. Like, no, most they, of the MLE guys are kind of underwhelming, too. Like, I don't know. Like, the best guy that's signed so far for the MLE was, like, Gabe Vincent, I guess. Yeah. Probably the best Probably. player. Uh, yep. I think it's kind of just a bad free agency class. I'm more pissed about the fact that the Sixers have just done nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm more pissed about the fact that they've used their veterans minimum, which fine I, for for a veterans minimum signing. I think it's fine. I actually, uh, of all the guys that have signed for veterans minimum deals that would fit on the Sixers, I think the only guys that I would like better are uh, some of the Suns guys they got for the veterans minimum because I liked a few of their guys like Yuta Watanabe. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also Malik Beasley signing with the Bucks, which I think is a, a steal for him on the veterans minimum even if he isn't really a playoff guy so uh but but like when you're when you're these teams that don't really have a lot to work with and like i try to give the sixers the benefit of the doubt but the reason why i think sixers fans are so frustrated with daryl morey right now is because it's the second time in three off seasons where he has just held the team's ability to acquire players kind of hostage because he's so focused on one move yeah. And the, the one move is the Harden move. And two years ago was the Ben Simmons move. And now it's getting a little bit more complicated with this Damian Lillard wrinkle that has been thrown into everything, which is yeah. Dame asking for a trade. I don't know what you made of Windhorse. I talked about this a little bit last night on my Summer League stream. Yeah. I just don't buy that. I personally said I thought that the, the leak of that Windhorse said um, – regarding Tyrese Maxey being like the most prized possession in a Damian Lillard trade was probably a leak from clutch is my guess. Yeah. Because one, it's Windhorse. Windhorse is close to clutch. Like he gets a lot of information from them. And then two, the Sixers famously did not extend Tyrese Maxey the other day when all these other guys, Desmond Bain, Tyrese Halliburton, all the guys from the 2020 class are getting their max extensions. And while we expected Maxey to get extended this summer, the Sixers have basically said, we're going to wait until next summer to extend them because we want to keep a low cap help hold so that we can have more cap space next summer, which I also kind of think is bullshit and I don't buy. I kind of think that they are open to the idea of trading him if a Damian Lillard could come back to Philly. Yeah. And maybe when Dame signs there, uh, they end up coming to a deal and figuring that out. But I think that leak came from Clutch because Clutch probably is like, we want to get Maxi paid. If he yeah. gets traded to Portland, he's getting a contract extension in a few months. And, hey, how would they know? Jeremy Grant's their client. Yeah. <laughs> he just yeah. got a massive bag from them. Yeah. So that that was my thought on that. 
I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm really sympathetic. Um, I can't imagine what it's like to have your second or third best player um, sort of not be extended uh, probably because of Dame stuff. That would be uh, just real weird um, and be very strange to kind of have hanging over your organization. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think that with the Dame stuff, yeah, I mean, this all just goes back to Daryl, right? And just, like, the uncomfiness um, – I will say the difference between like the Harden situation and the Ben Simmons situation is this is a guy Daryl like legitimately has a relationship with. So like, I would not be surprised if like Daryl's cause some of the more recent information is that Daryl like wants to just, you know, help Harden. I mean, it, it, what are the, what are the chances that Daryl's, um, supposed excuse for not talking to James about this, that he was scared of tampering. Did you buy that at all? That's bullshit. I mean, that, yeah. that was, I think what happened was, was that Daryl was trying to hold off as long as possible, trying to get something from ownership to get a deal done with Harden. I think mm. they probably, he probably was kicking this can down the road with Harden so that he could try to secure some sort of extension and commitment from ownership. And ownership is just like, we're not paying James Harden. And a picture came out from Michael Rubin's white party last night with Josh Harris and James Harden buddied up. Uh, shout out to Pete uh, from the, you know, ball discord who pointed that out. And like, the, I think that the, the Sixers ownership group is like, look, we, you traded for Harden. You, you know, you you got your guy, and we still lost in the second round back-to-back -back years. Like, we're not making a huge money long-term commitment to a guy who is, you know, essentially not taking us to the next level in the same way that you kind of told us he would when you traded Ben Simmons for him. So right. we don't want to commit long-term to this guy who's in his 30s. It looks like his body could potentially be breaking down. He shot like 40% at the rim after his injury this year. Yeah. And they're probably afraid to commit to a guy who has had so the floor fall out of him so many times in the playoffs, despite the fact that he had a few really good games in the playoffs that kind of carried the Sixers at times. It, it feels as though they're just afraid to make that commitment. And uh, yeah. Marty Teller actually had an idea that I thought was interesting. And he basically said to me, like, do you think that he's more, he could be stringing this along because he knows that once Dame gets traded, that the teams that are also interested in Dame, like the Clippers, and let's say Dame gets traded somewhere other that we're not expecting, the Heat, those kind of teams that are interested in Dame right now might be willing to pay a little bit more for Harden after Dame gets traded. Yeah, I mean, that I, I feel like that's probably just objectively true. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, yeah, I, I mean... I guess my thing there is like, this is like a, a very like intertwined thing. Well, first of all, Josh Harris is Bill's uh, new commander's owner, Josh Harris. I'm sure he's uh, very concerned about uh, money all of a sudden. Um, anyway, I, I, I guess what I, what I, my kind of thinking on this is that Daryl, um, I feel like Daryl, all of this just seems like, Daryl being caught a little flat footed and I just don't buy that really. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I, I feel like he was like very aware of this. The idea of Daryl Morty being surprised by anything 
that happened here. Um, I just, I don't buy that. Um, and if it's true, that's like genuinely alarming. <laughs> like, yeah, that that everyone, would be worse yeah. for the Sixers than yeah. him. Like, like, and he said, if Harden leaves, we have to get creative. This is where this is where the creativity comes into play. And if you ask me today, if Maxi was first off, would you put Maxi on the table? The Sixers would put Maxi. My opinion on it doesn't really matter. The Sixers would put Maxi on the table if Damian Lillard was available to come back. Like, yes, yes. The the Daryl Morey knows he's only got two years left on his contract. He knows the pressure of this situation. He knows Joel could ask out this offseason. He knows Joel could ask out a year from now. He knows what could happen if he doesn't make a move to kind of make this team championship contenders. And if he had any, if, if there was a sliver of a chance that Dame could come to Philly, Maxi would be on the table. I don't buy the Windhorse thing for multiple. What is Windhorse doing? Because I don't buy it. What is what is Windhorse up to? What is Windhorse what is, doing? What is cook? What is Windhorse cooking? Uh, I don't buy it. He's also a Heat guy, by the way. So um, sure. that's that's kind of interesting because I don't know what the play of like pumping Maxi's value there is, unless the Heat don't think they can actually get Damian Lillard. And, and they're like, trying to cover their ass here, basically being like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, like oh, well, they want Maxi. What can we do? Like, we, like, because if you are the Heat, I think, I once again, I think that, I think Dame to the Heat is inevitable. Really? Okay. I think it's, I think it's, if you look at, now look, sometimes sports books aren't quite as accurate with this shit as they are with other stuff. Yeah. But if you look at the odds, it's negative 300 for Dame. And then the second best team is at like plus 500 odds. The, see, the difference is that I, I think Dame's age and the length of his contract are kind of unique in this type of situation now. Because normally when a guy demands a trade like this and he's this good, the team is like, no, fuck you. You're under contract. We're, that's what they did with Kevin yeah. Durant last year, and yeah. then they waited almost a full year to trade him. Yeah, like, 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 no, we're 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 keeping you um, yeah. because that team is usually pretty good. Also, um, yeah, you know, Damian Lillard is uh, one of the lowest impact superstars we have, so uh, his team is bad. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I think that what are they? Uh, you know, like, I just don't necessarily think that Dame gets to pick this. I know it's like. Zach Lowe and all these people say, oh, like superstar, this is a superstar thing. Like, you know, like this is, this is Mr. Portland. Like they're going to take care of him. Are they, or are they going to like do what's best for their franchise? Uh, Is it just because it's the heat that I'm turning into a boomer about this? Yeah. I think it might be the fact that it is the heat that I've, and I I just want to get this out of the way. Yeah. This like, I've seen people say this on Twitter and I've seen people say this about trade stuff before. Where they're like, oh, you're siding with the corporation. You're siding with the, the ownership. <laughs> you can just and say I'm, Portland fans. You yeah. No, no, no. This is, a, this is a, no, I've seen Portland fans be like, this is bullshit. We yeah. want a good return for the best yeah. player that we've had for the last 20 years. Like, of course we do. Like, yeah. we, we don't want to let them walk for nothing. Like, we, we right. need to get something out of this too. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I think is bullshit about this, and someone said this to me during the Ben Simmons saga. They said it to me during the Kevin Durant saga. 
And they basically said to me that these stars, that when they reach a certain level, like Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, that like top 15 player in the NBA, they're more like stockholders, shareholders, than they are like regular employees. Because they're in the front office making decisions on where their co-workers <laughs> are going to end up. They are part of who they sign, who they trade, all of that. They have at least somewhat of a say. I don't think that these moves are being made unless there is some some sort of approval from Damian Lillard. And everything we know is that Damian Lillard was involved in getting Jeremy Grant there, in trading CJ McCollum two years ago, or a year and a half ago. Like, I don't think that Damian Lillard was is just like any other laborer is what I'm trying to say here. He's making $50 million a year and he's in there with the front office making decisions up until this point. So it was also his choice last year to secure that extra two, two years on his contract where he'll make $60 million at 30, 36 years old. Like this, yeah. this whole, like we need to, uh, we need to accommodate him. To an extent, I understand that for sure because Dame, Dame's been good to Portland and, and to the Trailblazers. But at the same time, you chose to take the extension. You've been involved in a lot of these moves that we've made as well. Yeah. And like we're choosing to go in a different direction and we need to maximize the return and look out what's best for me. If I were a Blazers fan, I would be kind of pissed that, yeah. that people are like, oh no, we should just trade him wherever and just get him there. And now keep in mind, if this were the Sixers and not the Heat, I would probably be like, yeah, what? No, we're not trading not trading Caleb Martin. Come on. But I think that, I, once again, I think all of this is a ruse just to maximize the return on, uh, the, to maximize the return from the Miami Heat. Like, you got to put everything on the table, dude, because you don't have much. So you got to put all the picks on the table. You got to put all the prospects, Jaime Hawkes, Nicole Jovic. But I think that also involves what makes me think that it's not going to be the Miami Heat is because Tyler Hero is on the table and, and that, that he's a negative asset. So him being on the table means you're not serious. Like, yeah. like to me, I, I I don't know. Like, like I, cause trying to get Tyler Hero involved means that you're not serious about maximizing the value in the Dame trade. Like you think you can squeeze this lemon out Um as a part of this move, you know, sure. because you have Duncan Robinson and you have Kyle Lowry. You do not need Tyler Hero's salary to make this work. You do need Tyler Hero's salary to go somewhere if you want this core to stay together for more than two years, right. because the the salary is like obnoxious at that point, and you're sending out every other player who can who is not a G leaguer on your roster besides like the top, you know, three guys, three other guys on the roster, but like. I don't think we're there yet. The fact that I'm seeing three-way trades where Brooklyn gets Tyler Hero for some reason and Ben Simmons goes to Portland, that makes me think that the Heat don't feel that much urgency yet because they're still trying to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Like, like sorry, Tyler Hero's staying on the Miami Heat as, as a shitty player if you like uh, if, if you want this to happen. At least that's so the way I see it. I, maybe I am... Maybe I am just totally wrong about how Tyler Hero is viewed in the NBA, but I think he's yeah. one of the worst contracts in the NBA. Um, the Jordan Poole thing, you know, where Jordan Poole's value, I think it's pretty similar to that. And, you know, I thought that the um, Warriors did very well to basically trade him for an expiring. So if you are Portland, 
then you essentially are trying to say you would rather have Kyle Lowry's expiring contract. Absolutely. Not a, not a, not a question at all. Tyler Hero is going to play in front of Simons. He's going to clutter up the front court with Scoot in terms of ball handling. Sharp um, too. All, yeah, sharp. Um, all of those guys. Why? Why on earth would I ever want Tyler Hero? And I think that's why they're trying to find a third team for him. And if the Brooklyn Nets are genuinely considering putting Tyler Hero, uh, trading Ben Simmons for Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero is a worse contract than Ben Simmons. I think. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't care that Ben Simmons doesn't play. Well, four years, it's four years versus two years. Yep. And I think that from what I understand, I think the original idea was we'll take Tyler Hero's contract, but also we're giving you Ben Simmons and we're not giving any picks Mm -hmm. is what is, is what the pitch was for Brooklyn. In fact, we want to take picks to take on the Tyler Hero contract. That's, so I think I think Brooklyn is viewing it as more of we get off the Ben Simmons contract and we get a pick from Miami or something. Yeah. And at that point, if you're if you're Portland, you go okay. So we're taking on Ben Simmons' shitty contract yeah. and we're not and we're losing a pick in the process. Once again, like I said, if you're if you're in this situation as Portland and you're in the middle of a rebuild and Tyler Hero's redundant, I think that what all this comes down to for me is that if Maxi is involved from Philly's perspective or Hero is involved from Miami's perspective, there needs to be another team involved that probably isn't Brooklyn. Yeah. That probably is. And as people in the YKB Discord have pointed out, who's the one Who's the one guy you think in the NBA that would take a flyer on Tyler Hero in, the, in a front office right now? On that contract... I don't know. I mean, I would say winger, but they already have Jordan Poole. So like, that's uh, that's, that's exactly thing. what I, I said. Yeah. The Wizards, the Wizards might be like, sure, we'll take him for a first round pick, but now they have Poole and it's completely redundant. Yeah. Then you have two yeah. contracts like that. That eh, whatever. Yeah. Then you're like muddying up your books too much. Right. The the guy that I thought was interesting that people said that Celtics fans said in the YKB Discord was Danny Ainge, and they said Utah has some salaries they could move around. It would basically the, the thing is yeah. is that. You're, the only issue with that, as I looked at their roster today, is like they already have Jordan Clarkson, they already have Colin Sexton, they already have Keontae George, they already have Bryce Sensible. Like you're getting to the point where your contracts are too muddied, uh, are too uh, kind of like overlapping with the prospects you have in the same way that Portland would be. Do they have front office guys who have like relationships with, because Danny and Pat, the lead decision makers hate each other. Sure. Like, like, yeah. Like, like, so I, I, you know, maybe that could be worked out, you know, if, if something else, but I know Danny and Pat fucking hate each other. Good point. Um, and, And they are like the old men in the room. But Danny's not doing Pat a solid. He's like, yeah. He he's also like a fucking bastard when it comes yeah. to these trades. You know, he's gonna admit even if even if it does benefit the Jazz and he thinks it benefits the Jazz, he's doing the Masai thing, right? which yeah. prior to Masai was known as the Danny Ainge thing, where sure. you you demand a ridiculous price. You know, so I, I, I just, Dar- it's all yeah. it's it's yeah. like the the same three guys: Daryl yeah. Morey, Danny Ainge, and, and Masai. Masai, yeah. I have a question for you. Did the Rockets and Celtics ever make a trade when Maury and Ainge were running the teams? Like a real trade? I not can't remember. Like a, a, uh, 
there was the Tice trade for I can't remember who it was for Troder or something. But that was Stone. That was Mori that was, was Raphael Stone. Mar Mar yeah, Mori was gone. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that's. I think that's like the only time. Yeah, I can remember Rockets, Celtics. Yeah. It's usually they they trade with the Grizzlies a lot. Um, sure, they trade with um, they've traded with the Spurs a few times now uh, under like the Brad Stevens um, administration more. But yeah, it was. Mostly the the Grizzlies and the Clippers, I feel like were like the the partners they did business with a lot. So Spurs, Thunder, too. oh Thunder that's more too. recent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thunder, the, yeah, the Thunder yeah. under Brad Stevens. So like I yeah. I I don't know. I I think this Dame thing. I do. I, I think a team that's not the Miami Heat is going to get him. Um, I don't think my Boston Celtics make a lot of sense, even if they're dangling Jalen Brown. That would need to be a three team trade with like Houston, and then like sure. what. Does like Portland want Shangoon? Like, is that fucking happening? Like, no. The, I the the, the 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 trade that a Celtics fan in the Discord came up with yesterday yeah. was the Rockets send. It was Jabari. Yeah, it'd have to be Jabari. It's the only other non-guard prospect they have yeah. that's worth anything. Yeah, Jabari. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr.'s contract. Yeah. Jay Sean Tate's contract, and then picks. Yeah, and then you get picks. From Boston and from Houston, and Houston owns Brooklyn's picks. And so, like Boston is getting, it's probably not as bad as the Miami thing because Jason Tatum. It, we are starting to get, it's not bad yet, but we are starting to get into like, uh, what's gonna, what are the Celtics gonna look like in three years? You know, like sure. so if you get if you get picks way out, it's not, it's not as bad as like some of these other teams that are young and set up forever, but like. It's also not great picks. You're not seeing great value on those picks in the next two or three. Just like years. the Heat, like the Celtics yeah. are relatively always competitive. Um, yeah. And I, right, I just want to point out here that um, I, I do think it's getting a little bit lost. And I think that we, and, and by the way, Kev, just want to point this out: Kevin Durant is another level of player than Damian Lillard when yes. we're talking about like how what we talked about last offseason. Yeah. And even on Slot Fest, I was like, the Nets got a lot. For Kevin Durant, like, yeah. I, like I was like, look, I understand why Phoenix made the trade, but like they got really good players and really good picks. Yeah. Like it's not like they got nothing for Kevin Durant, despite the fact that there was not a bidding war. And the reason I say that it is when you when it comes to these star packages, I do think that there are certain teams like Miami and Philly that are in like such desperate situations that they probably should do it. I think teams like Boston and other teams around the league can afford to be a little bit more patient because their stars are younger. They've had a lot of success already. And look, maybe that is the push. I actually kind of would like the Damian Lillard trade more for you guys if you didn't make the Porzingis trade yeah. and if you still had Marcus Smart in the backcourt yeah. with him. Absolutely, yep. Yeah. But the fact that, like, like I, I think Philly and Miami are the two most likely still because the situation – unless – unless the Clippers are willing to trade Paul George to another team because that, yeah. Paul George doesn't make sense for Portland – uh, which I don't think they're they're gonna do. Um, but unless that is the case, the reason I just and and Dame yeah Dame is making even more money than KD as someone points out, and and at a later age he's gonna make yeah. a lot of money. Um, yeah. But more importantly here, when we're comparing the KD thing, is like Damian Lillard's turning thirty three soon, and if mm -hmm. you're in Joel Embiid's thirty and might request a trade in a year, or you're in Jimmy Butler's turning thirty four in a few months and this is our last shot with that window, then it's a little bit different than the rest of the league who, like, 
large majority of them don't really have the same kind of pressure that Miami and Philly have with their window shrinking and kind of their lack of pathways to get to the point where they can get like, honestly, a, a guy who can make a difference for your championship equity, like Dame Lillard can like, yeah. like the best move that these teams, Miami or Philly could make if they miss out on Dame is Zach Levine. And I like Zach Levine. He's not Damian Lillard. And like, he, I, in a way, I think that if you could get him for less, if you're Miami, that would be interesting to me. But at the end of the day, Dame wants to go to Miami. They still are the, the betting favorite. Everyone, Chris Haynes is getting to the point where it's like kind of weird how much he's like, it's well, only Miami. And like Portland would be looked at as like, oh, they would have, they would be scarred if they, if they don't trade for, yeah. if they don't trade. I'm like, they don't get free agency or or trade yeah. stars anyway. Anyway, yeah. What 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 does it fucking matter? Like no one cares. No by the way, free agency like might be dead. This is what like Simmons was going on about yeah. and like complaining about is I it's funny that Simmons is complaining about this because this is like the owners are victims in this because this is what the fucking owners wanted. This is the entire point of the CBA is to keep guys resigning with their own teams. So the teams have control over the situation. I'm sorry. It's icky that these guys forced their way out, but you were the ones who were pissing your fucking pants about guys leaving in free agency and you get nothing. So I don't think, I don't know. Simmons was treating it, calling it like transfer portal and treating it like it's like some sort of disgusting, um, I don't know, a blight on the sport or, or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, this is this is what we have now instead of regular free agency because you put too much money. You wanted yeah. – like this was an owner-driven thing where they were sick of getting nothing for these guys when they were unhappy. So sure. you say, okay, now you've got to take the money to stay. And it's like, okay, well – And also as, as we know and as everyone in the business knows, including Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons – it's good for business when these trades yeah, happen. Like absolutely. this is this is the biggest time of the year for NBA news. People yes. care more about this than they care about the NBA finals. Like that is yes. the reality of the situation. And like, yeah, it, if that's part of the bit, it's always going to happen. Like, yeah. it's just going to happen forever, dude. Like that's just kind of the reality of this yeah. situation. And, and by the way, because what you just said is true, and this also drives me insane that like people care more about this than the finals, uh, the news in the finals. Shut the fuck up and come off your high horse if you're someone whose like sensibilities are like hurt by that I, yeah. idea. The NBA finals applies to two teams in the NBA. NBA free agency applies to all thirty. It's exactly. not that fucking hard. Like yeah. that—that is all this is. You know, it is yeah. not that there are fans or people don't care about the beautiful game or whatever. It's people are way less invested. I watch the finals and I love watching the Miami Heat eat shit, but I sure. ultimately don't care that much. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's cool that. Nikola Jokic one that's like a fun little story. I care about my Boston Celtics. Like I'm sorry. That I have my yeah. my aunt who has not watched basketball and yeah. literally just got attached to the Sixers in the last year and a half, two years, texted yeah. me. They're not going to trade Maxi, are they? Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like this is what people care about. Like it's yeah. your guys. This is stuff that applies to you and your team and your guys. Like yeah. you, you personally as a fan, you know. Yeah. What what doesn't matter uh, is uh, is Aaron Gordon uh, should he be Finals MVP? No one gives a shit, Jack Lowe. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm really I'm, I'm I'm sorry that you uh, that that hurts your feelings that nobody cares that Denver won the title and we do care a little bit, but it's you know it's definitely I I, I care more about Gabe Vincent 
signing with the Lakers. I'm sorry. As sad as that is. <laughs> no, I think it rules, yeah. actually. Yeah, I, I, I think, think the cool. fact that he's gone is great. Yeah, uh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Beautiful. Good job, yeah. LA Lakers. Don't worry. I watched the Miami Heat summer league team, and they'll just they'll just a, a new 40% playoff three-point shooter will spawn from the earth. They're, like we'll it will see. come through the court. Uh, uh, Pete Peterson was his name, I believe. He was an undrafted free agent that uh, Chuck and Maxwell were talking up, and I was like, "Great, I'm sure this guy's going to be awesome for them." He signed a two-way with them, so um, we will see. He will definitely be on the team because they have like they have like six players under contract. <laughs> so that's the thing. If yeah. you're Portland, first off, this is this is this is my ideal. Pa- if I'm just doing a let's say let's take out because it gets too complicated if you involve Brooklyn and Tyler Hero and all this shit, it, it becomes way 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 too complicated. Yeah, if that is the case, if I'm just doing a one for one trade with the Miami Heat, this is what I want back. Kyle Lowry's expiring, so I can waive him. And just yep. get him, whatever. It doesn't matter. Stretch doesn't, him or whatever you need yeah. to do. Yeah. I wouldn't even stretch him. I would just do what Oklahoma City does and just buy him out because you're not yeah. winning next year anyway. So who cares? Well, like, it's well, where are they year. on the? I say that because it do depend on where they are on the tax line. You know, if you if you do need to get, 50 yeah, I don't even think they're going to be close. Okay. Well, and also this is another part I'm going to bring into my trade here, and I don't even know if the yeah. money works, but this is this is the general idea, the framework that I want back. I want. Kyle Lowry's expiring contract. And maybe I hold on to the Kyle Lowry and tell him to sit at home until the deadline and just say, hey, we'll find a trade partner for you mm-hmm. at the deadline. And uh, we'll try to maybe trade that for some longer money and get back some some picks or young players that we like, like the Wizards have been doing, maybe something like that. But I'm taking Kyle Lowry's salary to help juice that. I'm considering taking Duncan Robinson. This is why. I think Duncan Robinson on a rebuilding team can have some real value. Yeah. No, he's fine. He, yeah. He's not as toxic as he was like last year. Yeah. Because like, like, he, he's back. Like now he's put together two different good shooting sure. playoff performances. He's going to have value. Yeah. Even if, yeah. So, and, and more importantly, like if I'm not in the playoffs, that's where he really, his defense has struggled before yeah. where like his, like, Oh, you have to take him off the court because of his defense. And it's like, well, I'm rebuilding. I just want to have floor spaces around my young guys that can play the two, yeah. can play the three, can come in, can kind of give us some minutes off the bench, whatever. I'm fine taking the Duncan Robinson contract. It's only got, I think it has three years left if I remember correctly. And maybe in a year or two, I can flip it to a team that, that really wants him. Uh, if he kind of rehabs even more of his value here. So I'm taking Lowry Robinson, I want Caleb Martin. I want yeah. Yeah. Jaime Hawkes. I want Nikola Jovic. Those five guys. Those yeah. are the five guys I want. And then I want every pick you can send. And you're also taking Nurkic. Yes. Yep. Agreed. And that's the that's got to be the package. Yeah. In in my in my mind's eye, no no Tyler Hero, no getting cute about any of that stuff. That is because that's the maximum. No. Uh, oh, Dame really wants to play with Caleb Martin, so we too fucking like, bad. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Too, sorry, we need we need wings. With yeah. that, that's the thing with Portland. And every time I try to figure out, like, I first off, do I buy that they might value Tyrese Maxey because they're in a rebuild and they might not care about the players uh, and the positional overlap? Sure, I, I buy that they might. I know Mike Schmitz has always been a big Tyrese Maxey guy. He loved him in the draft. Having said that, you're going to have to extend Tyrese Maxey and to a rebuilding team that has Anthony Simons, 
Shaden Sharp and Scoot Henderson, who all play the one or the two. And maybe the my, my thought was the idea behind that is you can put – you hope that Sharp gets a little bit bigger. And if he gets a little bit bigger, then you can play him at the three. And then you have Scoot, Maxi, and Sharp. And then I'm starting to be like, you know, you'll have some defensive issues. But that's a nice little core of one, two, three guys for sure. Mm-hmm. you're a little bit undersized, obviously, like that would be an issue. But like, if you really like those guys around Scoot, uh, both like Maxie's an elite shooter, Sharp's a pretty good shooter, like secondary attacking guys on offense would be great to put around Scoot for his development for sure. Yeah. I, I think in that scenario, they also have to trade Simons because, and then you're just getting like, why am I doing all this work to make this work when I'm, the one that is trading the superstar. Right. Like exactly. I should, it should be easy for me. Yes. Everyone, it should be hard for everyone else that is involved in this deal. I should be the one just waiting for, for the return on this. So, so I'm pulling up the trade machine right now. Let's pull up the trade machine. Yeah. I just checked it by the way. And that works. Okay. So that, that exact yeah. money works that, here. That, that, that money works. Um, Jaime, the only thing is Jaime Hawkins, you know, can't be traded until July sure. 31st. So they would like agree to the deal, but yeah, that works. Okay. So yeah. yeah, so we're sending Kyle Lowry yeah. to the Blazers. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's that that's what I'm looking for if I'm them. Dame yeah. goes to the Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, also Nurkic, I want to get off that money. Yeah. Also, I'm sure Nurkic will go to Miami and have a fucking rebound. Yeah, game. he'll be fine. Like there. Like so he'll turn into a rotation player. So it's really not that bad. The other thing about this deal is because they have the Gary Payton. Um, trade exception and mm-hmm. they have the uh what's the other one they have the josh hart trade exception um they can trade caleb martin and uh i think uh yeah and uh jovich can both go into trade exceptions so the heat end up with like a 2.3 and a two point um something trade exception yeah uh, and it's within two million dollars so that will work once Jaime Hawkes is actually signed under contract. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing is Jaime Hawkes is like, yeah, thing. And, and then, then if, like if, a real thing, so. if you're Portland, you can sell it to, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm looking at this right now and I'm like, Portland's going to be kind of good for a rebuilding team. Yeah. Like, like you have a rookie scoot, second year sharp. You got Simons right. as your sixth man, probably, if they don't trade him. Yeah. Or maybe he starts and, and Sharp is the sixth man. I'm not sure. But Caleb Martin would be fucking nice for them. Like Caleb Martin at the th- at, at the three. Yeah. You'll yeah. figure out a center. Who cares about that? Like you could find a center literally wherever. They have Chris Murray, who's going to be a plug and play uh, first year guy. Jaime Hawkins, who's going to be a plug and play first year guy. Uh, Nikola Jovic has looked good in summer league. He's another kind of bigger. He's a four. Jaime Hawkins is a three who can play the four. Chris Murray's a, th- a three. Like you're, you're kind of you kind of got some nice pieces to be honest. Like yeah. like you, you got enough to work with there. Where like you figure out the center thing, you pick up a center, or maybe you you send Kyle Lowry somewhere else, and you get Kelly Olynyk or something. Yeah. Like then you you got a pretty nice rebuilding team. Yeah. No. And I, I mean, I, I think like yeah. I mean, like honestly, if that's the package, and I know we're just saying. I would rather have that package and maybe leave like the 2024 pick that Miami would be sending off sure. to not get Tyler Hero back. Cause I don't care yeah. about that. That, yeah. that pick's going to be dog shit no matter what. Um, 
Well, actually, I don't As I say that, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Regular season. Keep in mind, they just yeah. made the finals and had the 18th yeah. pick of the draft. <laughs> they don't yeah, care about exactly. the regular season. They don't care about the regular season, and their depth is going to be, like, way shittier. Like, sure. I know that we summon – we talk about them just summoning guys from everywhere, but, like – and I mean, well, that's the other thing, though. Um, how, how much do we trust them? Because – uh, after CJ McCollum retweeted Nate Duncan about how this uh, wasn't going to crush the middle class, um, we are seeing a lot of guys signing for the minimum that I think should probably be earning yes. uh, more than the minimum. So they're not using their MLEs right now. Yes. Dread talked about this. Yeah. Like, Cause I, it's a lot of money. Yeah. MLE is just a lot of money. And it also like, if you use the full, it hard caps you. So, yep. you know, like, I, I don't know. Teams are kind of valuing flexibility. So, you know, Miami might be, you know, if everybody's getting squeezed, Miami actually might be able to get, I don't know who's still out there, but like there are probably some guys who are like going to be useful for them that they will be able to get at the minimum. So, so uh, someone just brought up in the comments too, you could also do Caleb Martin going to a third team and getting more shit for, yeah, which I, mean, I would consider if I'm Portland because he's only yeah. got one year left on his deal before he has a player option on the last deal, I believe. So, yeah. I mean, I would think that if they do trade for Caleb Martin, even if they keep him, that that's eventually the plan is to sure. flip him for something. You know, I might a Josh Green to, and a first round pick from yeah. the Dallas Mavericks or something. Yeah, you might get more for him at the trade deadline. Um, sure, you know, once teams kind of see where they are, and if Good point. we're one guy, we're one guy away. You know, like I, yeah. that might be how I would play that if I were Joe Cronin and uh, Mike Schmitz. But I don't, you know. And, you know, see how important he is to scoot developing. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's, you know, if it's, if the, those lineups aren't really popping, and it's like, okay, well, we'll just move him over here, you know? Because that's what it's, you know, your new priority is developing scoot. Hmm. Like, full stop, you know? Yeah. It, 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 like, doesn't matter at that point. So, which is why I think they should go after a stretch big like Kelly Olinick, too. We talked, Chuck's, yeah. Chuck's talked about this, and he talks about how guys like Vooch, and Olenek and Miles Turner are really good for guys' development because yeah. guys like Scoot, who are like not uh, great shooters when they come into the NBA, mm-hmm. need as much space inside the arc to operate as possible. Absolutely, yeah. So that could be an interesting kind of wrinkle to it too. Can we get maybe a stretch big that we can find and throw in there, whether it's like a Zach Collins or a Miles Turner or whatever? But uh, Zach Collins back to Port. Oh, yeah. Nikola Jovic. Just play Nikola Jovic and have the worst defense in the NBA. Um, Okay, so that is a good point. I've been thinking about this, and this is just a random Mm -hmm. thought, but, like, Mm -hmm. Caleb Martin being included in this trade reminded me of this. And I've been thinking about it all free agency, all the draft, every prospect that gets thrown around in a trade. Man, it is so hard to find a good starting small forward. Like, they don't exist anymore, dude. No, they've all got some issue. Everybody's a power forward. Yep. You know, or, or you're too thin. Yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. I'm saying. Or you're too thin to be like a, a real small forward. All those guys are like old now. Yep. Like Jay, Jay, I used to think of Jay Crowder as like the quintessential like small forward. And, you know, he just stopped being a small forward like five years ago and became a power forward. Because yeah. everyone wants to play small you know like who is even a good small forward like paul george mikhail yeah. bridges would probably be yeah. the best i could think of. and even he plays the two sometimes in some jumbo right. lineups same with paul george you know yeah, like it's, sure. it's this type of guy is it like jalen brown who also jason tatum i mean i guess yeah. 
Yeah. Small guard. And I feel like those guys, I feel like Jason Tatum sometimes listed a power forward and Chandler yep. Brown sometimes listed a shooting guard. I mean, it, it's like one of the most bizarre lineups in the uh, NBA. It's very funny. We always talk about how smart, um, he used to talk about how smart was a, you know, could play all five positions and like the position he was worst at was small forward. <laughs> sure. he, was, he was like better at center and power forward than, uh, than, than that. And uh, it looks it's like, like it's like Sam talking about a dead relative. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Memphis. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, uh, Memphis is going to play him at the three too, which is very funny. Was, uh, which is absolutely. Let's, I know he's the Dylan Brooks replacement, which is yeah. why, which is why despite all the shit that Dylan Brooks gives people and all the stuff that he causes, yeah. His offensive issues. He still got twenty million just for being a small forward, forward who, made, yeah. who, who made all defense basically. Yeah. And also, Houston had zero options and were being held over a barrel by his agent. To be completely fair, but um, so yeah. that is man. I'm I'm very interested to see. I mean, this is going to be a real test for how good of a coach Ime Udoka is. Like, it is. Really, like, you know, like, is it was was that his roster? Or, you know, we at least know it wasn't completely his roster because uh, – but is, is Joe Mazzulla uh, also a dumbass? Or well, is this – The line that they need yeah. to get to for you to win games to be like, okay, Udoka is a good – like 33? Yeah, I'd, say, I'd say like baseline competence. You know what I'm sure. saying? Like, like, I, they need to like not be getting like blown out by like 20 and have like real structure to like sure. their thing. Like I, I, I don't really care about record if I'm them. I want to see like Jalen Green develop if right. he's basically like what I would be looking for as a Houston fan. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jabari Smith um, being playable. Being a three and D guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, 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 I think that's got to be the barometer for success in Houston. And those, those guys might be able to help. I don't know. Like Dylan Brooks will do theater kid stuff and, you know, sure. them, like fun dances. And yeah. The thing I really didn't like about Houston's offseason is that we know that Tari Eason was very good for a rookie last year. Yeah. And I feel like he's going to be one of the guys that loses minutes due to this. I feel like Cam Whitmore's not going to play right away, which I don't mm-hmm. think is great for him. And I think yeah. that. They had to sell at the lowest point of value on a lot of guys that could be NBA players, like Ty Ty Washington and Usman Garuba and yeah. uh, uh, Ken, uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. And like, look, maybe they would have traded those guys anyway. But like, did you know that they had to include picks to get off of Ty Ty Washington and Usman Garuba? I did see that, and I was two like, seconds. Yeah, Ooh, that's and then, that's tough. And for Houston, seconds are like. Was it their seconds? I'm trying to remember. I think trade. they were picked. I think they were others because they have a ton of seconds just from the trades yeah. that they've made yeah. over the last few years. I think they were from other teams, if I remember correctly. But, like, you're doing this to sign Jeff Green. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's tough, man. Like, like that's oh. the tough part about it. Like, I don't even care as much about overpaying Fred Van Fleet and Dylan Brooks as I care about you're doing this to, like, bring in guys who are, like, I don't know, veteran locker room guys, quote-unquote, but, like, fairly washed i would say i mean jeffrey's yeah. 36 years old like yeah i mean the, the other thing though is they are in that kind of celtic zone from like three years ago where it's like you only have 15 rosters 17 rosters sure. you know like i mean what are you gonna do you still have all of these picks coming you know what i'm saying and you're not going you know doesn't seem like you're close enough to trading them you know at any point so yeah I mean, I, I guess it doesn't really hurt that bad when you like look at it from that perspective. I'm I'm thinking of it as like the Celtics who like clearly or you know, for example, the Sixers could really use some seconds, you know, like that would yeah. be something that would really hurt. But um 
I don't know. Like, I think Houston, I, I'm going to be very interested to see what Houston looks like. You know, I, I think they're going to be bad, but like, you know, what kind of bad I think is going to be like very interesting. So Co- Coe Jupes just brought this up in the comments talking yeah. about Dame. He said, just so we're clear, that it's still one of the worst trade returns for a star ever. I'm trying to think. Um, of the more recent ones, he's probably right. Because think about every single recent star trade. They I all mean, have Kyrie least... Irving. Kyrie Irving trade was not. Dorian Finney Smith. Yeah, yeah, but Spencer is, 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 is Caleb Martin that I mean, Spencer did what he sucks. I mean, Caleb, yeah, he's essentially filler. Like, yeah. uh, you know, is Spencer Dinwiddie? He is better, but is he is he that much better than Duncan Robinson? Like, you know, and you are getting multiple young players back in a way. Spencer Dinwiddie was pretty good for Dallas, but also I think it was just yeah. to make the money work. Really, like that was and and like look, Nikolajovic is not probably not that good, and you know who knows what Jaime Hawkins are, but those are young guys which just did not get put in yeah. the Dallas trade. So, you know, it's it's not – I mean, now, obviously, there's a reason for that. I was going to say, <laughs> but, the, the, yeah. those are, the difference is Kyrie yeah. is Kyrie. Right. And the second reason is that expiring contract. He had six months left on his deal. Like, yeah. or not even, like four months right. left. Like, he was literally – if he doesn't get traded there, they lose him for nothing. So, like, it was it was good just to get literally anything. What I, I think probably the biggest – equivalent and it's really not even the same because again this is a this is expiring versus um uh uh three years left being on dame's deal but maybe anthony davis with the lakers is the closest parallel um he was obviously way younger um and he had less on his deal but that was another situation where it was one team what was was the list you know like yeah and anthony davis got back a lot of good shit. That's what I'm saying. Like there was a lot of Brandoning that, from it, Kyle. It kind of killed the Lakers, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, like, they yeah. won that. They won a title because of uh, COVID. Um, but you know, they probably would have ruined their team if they didn't get extremely lucky with um, how that all shook out with playoff matchups in the bubble. Like that team was good. Stop. Um, well, they were not good. Uh, they did the Miami Heat thing. They shot everyone on that team. Shot like forty-one percent. Like coping. Thirty-two percent. Sean Rondo shot like forty-five percent in the playoff. Anyway, um, the uh, yeah, the Lakers got a crazy haul. They got Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, who at the time yeah. was uh, Josh Hart, who's a really good role player. They got the fourth pick in the draft, and yeah. could they could have used that on Darius Garland? Uh, he was available. He was the fifth pick. What did uh, they do? They traded back uh, because Jackson Hayes. In, in their yeah. in their defense, in, in defense of the Pelicans, once again, actually, if you go back and you listen, Rosillo was like, they should just draft Darius Garland. They should just draft Darius Garland and like not even think about it. But yeah. in their defense, Garland missed a lot of that college season, and so you didn't get as much on him in college as you like. Uh, there wasn't a ton of tape. And the rest of that draft, as we discussed over and over, were, was dog water. So they, yeah. they they traded back and they got two cracks. They missed with Jackson Hayes. They mixed with Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And the fourth pick was DeAndre Hunter, who's kind of also a miss. I mean, like, he's not good. So, it, it, once again, just a dog water draft. But to have the fourth pick in the draft in any draft, like, that was the last time a top five pick got traded. I, I will say, though, I remember Darius Garland being mocked there, like, a lot. He did. You know yes, you're like, correct. Like, DeAndre Hunter was a reach. Like, yeah. I, I, so, you're right. Like, no, yeah. yeah. 
DeAndre was expected to go in the range that they traded back to. Right. And that's why everyone was so confused. But th- that was that was the last time that teams – I should put it like this. Teams were very low on that draft for a reason. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Everyone said it was a three-player draft and maybe even a two-player draft with John Zion, which I've said before is always bullshit because there's usually one or two more guys you can find in the lottery or after that. that are really I, I remember – yeah, I remember Garland had like injury concerns too. Like, yeah, so he only like, played like eight games yeah. in college. I think like he didn't play. Like, yeah, he had he had injury concerns. But uh, you had Garland, and then you had uh, then you had Minnesota, and Minnesota traded up. They traded Dario Saric in the eleventh pick, and uh, the Suns traded back to draft Cam Johnson, and everyone shit on them for drafting Cam Johnson. And Cam Johnson just got a hundred million dollar contract this weekend, yeah. which yeah, and he was traded for the Kevin sixth best player in that draft, or fifth. He, best player he's like the trade. fifth best yeah. player. Like, he yeah. is like one of the top. I think. Yeah. I think the top five from that draft are Jaw Zion, Garland, uh, Claxton, and Cam Johnson. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Probably, yeah. yeah there's and then, were, then you yeah. get into the Jordan Pools, Tyler Heroes, those kind of guys, PJ Washington, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So once again, w- before we move on fully from Dame, mm-hmm. who's the wild card team that you I think mean, could? Yeah. Because like, I'm, I don't think it's going to be the Celtics. I think the Celtics will no, reach an so agreement either. with. Although, did, did you buy that report? I I heard from I saw from two different people that Tatum's trying to recruit him. I mean, I'm sure he is. Um, Celtics, so this is what Celtics Matt thinks. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I would be surprised if the Celtics did this, but it just seems like a lot of change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, for a team that has been, you know, as bad as it's been, has been in the court conference finals like four out of the last five years or whatever it is. Yeah, like our. Uh, Four out of the last six years, I can't remember whatever the whatever the amount is. So, sure. I, I I don't know. I, I just don't feel like they should have like that much agency. I don't really see Utah. Um, I have one sleeper team. Clippers don't have enough. Yeah, I mean, I I just like it would need to be like a team like the Raptors, but Masai is not going to do that. Nah, he's not doing that. Yeah. What What about the Wolves? For fucking Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, and then no, mm. you you just signed Ant, and also you wouldn't yeah. trade Ant. I was gonna say I, that's a non-starter for but me. But you have Dame yeah. and Ant, and then you have Rudy Gobert at center still. The question is, they would probably try to get McDaniel's in that too because they're taking on the cap contract. And I think Minnesota would be like, no, we're keeping McDaniel's. Yeah, I. No one's trading a good young wing is what I'm like, trying to get the at. The problem here. is that Minnesota has like no picks, like literally zero. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I think they not literally, but I think they've got one pick available or sure. something like that. Like, and they also weren't interested in trading for cat when Dame was on the team. So if that's the case, they might just not value cat. I actually, I, I, I might be doing a contrarian thing, but me and Chuck talked about it the other day. And I think that the contract makes it really hard to trade for cat, but the league might be too low on what Cat can yeah. do for a team right now. I would no, say. I, if you I don't have championship aspirations, yeah. yeah. No, I, absolutely, I agree with that. I actually think Cat yeah. is better. Is I think Cat as an asset, even with his contract, is better than any single asset the Miami Heat would be selling you. Sure, but I think just the sheer breadth of picks, if they actually are giving you all the picks, even if yeah. they're shitty ones, yeah, eventually that 
kind of balances out. And you are getting a almost lottery pick in Jaime Hawkes, whatever you think of that pick. And, you know, yeah. the, you know you're getting off the NERC contract. There, There's like, there's just all of that stuff adds up to where I think yeah. I would prefer the Miami package if they genuinely put everything on the table. But And if you were trying to keep your yeah. job, you trade for Cat and he, he doesn't work out, then you're like, oh, shit. Like, if you're trying to keep your job and you're Joe Cronin, you're like, ah, I got all these picks and prospects. Like, we, we got a long haul here to rebuild this team. Uh, yeah. And I just want to say, I the Pelicans are the other team that everyone's been throwing out. Keep in mind, the Pelicans, to my knowledge, have never traded for a real star. They're one of those teams that has never traded for a real star. CJ McCollum's the best player they've ever traded for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brandon Ingram, obviously they got in a trade, but that was for that was before he was like who he is now, and that was for Anthony Davis. So they were the ones trading the star in that situation. The one thing I will say about the Pelicans is they can they have a ton of picks. They need a perimeter operator. If they could find a third, the problem is the CJ contract is going to be hard to get off because the C, moving seat because you're not going to do the Damon CJ thing again. I assume so you're going to go. All right. Um, what can we dump CJ to a third team? The Sixers would not take him. I have heard from everyone that Daryl Morey is not a CJ McCollum guy. He does not like CJ McCollum. And also, I I just don't see that happening. But if there is a third team, I think CJ has two years left on his deal, if I remember correctly. He might have three, Mm -hmm. which at his age, and he declined last year. So, like, you're starting to get into a territory where you're like, they have enough picks that they can make it work. But, like, now we're talking about, like, the Pelicans have to send – CJ to another team yeah. and then probably Trey Murphy as the center wing return, unless they'd be willing to trade Zion for Dame. Yeah. Which I don't think they would. I mean, maybe I'm not, I'm not like Dame totally plays sure. games. Like, I mean, yeah. look, Zion, I know that you, like, they love the idea of what Zion could be, but Dame plays games. And if you're Portland, once again, this is just like we talked about with the Scoot Henderson thing. That's the best player that you could possibly get back for Damian Lillard is Zion Williamson. Even if it is yeah. a risk that you're taking taking on an injured player like like him who rarely ever plays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, that would be, like, a pretty good return. I just, like... It seems like a reach to me. I don't really yeah, see a trade. I, I, that's what I'm saying. And that, you know, maybe this is why the Miami Heat will end up being the team. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I wonder about like the possibility for something, some sort of three team trade with the, the Bulls of, of some kind, uh, where like something's going back to the, the, some sort of split is going back to the Bulls and, Levine is going somewhere because he doesn't he doesn't fit on the Blazers, you know. Yeah. But he's like the other big guy who's like available, you know. So I, I just I think I, I, th- really I think know. this is why he's. I'll, I'll rank it like this as we wrap up our Damian Lillard talk here. Yeah. One, I'm going Heat. I think the Heat are pretty certain. Two, I'm going to go Sixers. Three, I'm going to go Celtics just until Jalen Brown signs his contract. These are the most likely teams in order, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then four, I'm going to go wild card team, whether it's either New Orleans or Minnesota. One of those two teams taking a, a complete 
home run swing and just being like, fuck it, Dave's under contract. We want to win right now, and uh, we have the pieces to potentially get it done. So those that those are my teams in order. I don't see a Clippers trade. I don't think that that is something that's realistic. I don't see like a Lakers trade or a Knicks trade. Uh, the Knicks also just like I don't know their best player is Jalen Brunson. Like he doesn't fit with Damian Lillard. Like just just keep rolling with that. Um, so yeah, what what would you be willing to give up? If you were Orlando. See, that's the problem is that Orlando's not going to trade Franz Apollo. Probably. And if, no. and if that's the case, then you're like, do you like Anthony Black? I'm not high on Anthony Black. Like a lot of people are. Do you yeah. like Jet Howard? Do you like Jalen Suggs? I know Schmitz likes Jalen Suggs a lot, but once yeah. again, guard redundancy, unless they think Sharp can play the three, he's a guard. Um, do you like Wendell Carter Jr.? Like, are these move? Is this moving anything for you? Because it would be a mostly a B level prospect plus mm-hmm. co- plus picks. Because I think that they would want to keep Franz and Paulo if they get Dave. Well, but I would I would love that. I think that they would probably go first. They would probably try to wait for like Donovan Mitchell next summer or something. But yeah, right. Well, I mean, I guess my question there is like. Because they're the only other team. When I looked around and I like looked at this, they're the only other team I can see kind of like talking themselves into making some kind of move like this. And I sure. was like, I just, I don't know if that, you know, I just don't know how that would work for them. Like just in terms of like, you know, it, it would need to be, again, it needs to kind of be a three-team trade, but. You know, I guess that my reasoning there is if you're Orlando, you just got to beat the Heat's offer, you know? Yeah. And I I would kind of rather have Wendell Carter and some of these other B-level, like, you know, prospects, like, you know, Markel Fultz and some of these other guys than whatever garbage Miami's sending me. And yeah. Orlando's picks are probably better. Long-term, but, putting, but yeah, they have Paulo and Franz, probably not, like... Well, I mean, they had Paulo and Franz, and they were still the six seed. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to get better, though, I would imagine. They will, but like, that's it's not a given. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, they, Miami has shown you that they, you know, are always are, are always good. You know, like we are talking about the Orlando Magic at the end of the day, even if they are. Yeah. So, I, you know, that's the only one I could kind of get to where it was like maybe. You know, because really what I'm looking around for is who's taking Jalen Brown if the Celtics trade for Damian Lillard? It would have to be like Atlanta, right? Yeah, or Houston, I guess. Yeah. Like, and, and One of the teams where he has a connection. He's from Atlanta. Houston, he has a con- connection with Udoka. But, and I don't think Atlanta has... Yeah, may, may, maybe. Yeah, maybe mm. that's the one. Yeah, because because like I was going to say, Atlanta doesn't have the young guys. And yeah. we went over, like, Houston, it like needs to be Jabari and Schengen and, like, I think Houston Twitter would uh, stage an insurrection if uh, against Stone if uh, Shingun got traded. So, like, I, I I don't know, man. Like, I I mean, maybe maybe I guess while we're talking through it, I mean, maybe it just will be that dog shit Miami Heat package. But I mean, if if Tyler Hero ends up going somewhere else in the Damian Lillard trade, that's a massive win for Miami. And yeah. that is, you know, that means you failed as Joe Cronin. If, if you end up taking back um, – if you end up taking on Tyler Hero or some equivalent contract like Ben Simmons, you got owned. I'm sorry. You just – you got owned. Um, yeah. So, 
Unless you're getting picks from all around and other prospects that we don't even know about that you could potentially nab, it would be, it would definitely be an uh, an owning. I agree. I would. Yeah. I'd rather take the expiring contracts and picks them for other prospects. Um. So from the Sixers' perspective on this, uh, I'm fine trading Maxi for Damian Lillard. I know it. It would kill me. I mean, it's it would kill me just to trade Maxi after all of this. Uh. I would be fine with trading them though if they're able to return Harden into depth pieces that they can make a real team on the Sixers. Because right now the Sixers have no forwards except for Tobias Harris and PJ Tucker, and like no one is talking about it. Like I'll say this much because oh, we have to talk about the Harden thing real quick. Oh, McDaniel's? Did you say McDaniel's? McDaniel's is gone. He signed with the Raptors. Oh, I missed that. Wow. Yikes. Signed with the Raptors. Tough. Classic. So very Masai. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say extremely Masai, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Pascal Siakam replacement, question mark? <laughs> we I know we've banned Raptor Slop from here, but I have heard from people that Pascal Siakam is likely to be traded because he was close with Fred Van Fleet and that when Fred got traded, he wanted like out. Look, he was like, that was the last kind of straw for him. But we'll see. Raptor shit never happened. So that's might yeah. just be bullshit. Um, but the so the Sixers have they lost Niang, they lost McDaniels, who signed a very reasonable two year, nine million dollar contract with the Raptors. And I was like, well, we couldn't match that. What the fuck happened? I don't understand. Which I'm not like, I don't think McDaniels is great, but they basically just fucking salary dumped Matisse Seibel, which yeah. it all just is, is making me go fucking insane. Unless they're unless they're like uh, gearing up to like sign Grant Williams to the MLE or something. There's no free agency forwards left. We have to do it via trade. Uh, and that's why I think that even though Maury's saying, oh, we're trying to get Harden back and we're trying to, uh, you know, oh, we're, we're going to make the relationship better. All the moves that both the, the Clippers and the Sixers have made is that they're indicating that they think that a consolidation trade is going to happen at some point. Because if you look at the Clippers, the Clippers haven't made any big moves. They've just brought back guys. Like, they've just brought back Russ and Mason Plumlee. Yeah. And then they have uh, – the Sixers have only signed Patrick Beverly, which means right now the Sixers have technically without Philip Petrozev and Paul Reed signed because it's possible they signed those two and fill up two roster spots. But they technically have five open roster spots right now. And mm-hmm. if they have five open roster spots – then that means that they could essentially make this trade where the Sixers get the the idea we've been talking about. They get Terrence Mann and Nicholas Batum and uh, maybe Robert Covington and whatever, just to make the money, Amir Coffee, whatever, maybe branded Boston. I don't know. I'm just throwing right. guys out there. That could be a four for one trade that they could make. And in that case, I might be open to moving if they don't have to send shit to Portland. I might be open to moving uh, Maxi. Uh, not a ton of shit to Portland, I should say. Like, if you can still keep like the semblance of a team, like you still can hold on to Terrence Mann if Portland doesn't take him, then I would be open to that. But like, I don't. I don't think that a Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid team with no forwards, no wings, no depth is better than a Tyrese Maxi, James Harden, and Joel Embiid team. Like I just, I don't. I think that the Sixers would be better trying to preserve depth with those three than they would be with Dame and Embiid and a lack of way to get real depth. Well, what if like, what if it's like Terrence Mann and Maxi going to 
Portland and then you guys like get Simons or something like that. Like, yeah, I mean, that could be interesting. Uh, but Simons and if you're getting Dame, then Simons and Dame we've already seen doesn't really work defensively. Even if you have Joel and Bede, I think it would get like PJ Tucker's so old. I keep trying to tell people this is like PJ Tucker's 38, dude. Like, I he might even be 30, he's turning 39 next season. Like, like at a certain point, you need to have some depth at forward. Like, even yeah. if you get old Nicholas Batum and Robert Covington, it's something. Like, yeah. And like, man is a wing, so like he can play the two or the three. But like, you you need to you need to you need to if you're trading Harden, you either need to go one of two ways. You either need to get Damian Lillard and and just end all of this and go get Damian Lillard, or you need to kind of keep your depth pieces and maybe try to collect assets that you can trade to then get another guy slash open up cap space next summer. Like that, those are the two paths you can take. And I would prefer, I'd honestly prefer that they were just more aggressive uh, and like just make a bold stand and try to make the Damian Lillard trade. Uh, I think that they, honestly, my biggest thing on this is I think that they're worried that what's going to happen is the same thing that happened with Ben Simmons the first time around when they tried to trade him for James Harden and Houston leaked it. (laughs) And then Ben's brain was broken and the Sixers were like, oh, what do we do? They, he knows we want to trade him. We have to deny it. And they're trying to avoid that with Maxi until they think it's a realistic shot that they could get Damian Lillard. So like, once again, either make the all in move and trade for Dame or kind of trade Harden for depth pieces and try to keep your like your your chances of flipping Tobias is expiring along with picks and pro- any prospects you can get back at the deadline for Zach Levine or for whoever. Um, because I, I just don't think that I don't know how they're gonna talk Joel and Bede into this. How do you talk them into like, yeah, we're gonna take a gap a full gap here <laughs> again, basically. Second yeah. time in three years. Again, and we're just gonna and like maybe Joel is just like fuck it. I don't really care. Like I just want to win yeah. MVP and like. If he didn't like playing with Harden, then he's probably okay with it. To be honest, like because that's the price of not having Harden on the team anymore, and you don't you're not coached by Doc anymore. So he that's liked, the weird. Like Doc, though, that's the thing. That's like weird. Yeah, he's like not happy about Doc getting fired. That's so, so strange. I don't but know. think about it like this from Joel's perspective. When Doc, I, look, I'm not trying to. I don't want to give Doc credit for this because I think it was more about Maury building a team that actually made sense around Joel. But like the second Doc got here, Joel was an MVP candidate for three straight years, and yeah. like he was like, "Awesome, I'm playing the best of my career uh, with a guy I get along with, and I get to take a ton of shots and whatever." And I think that Nurse is going to come in, and I think it's going to be more of a kind of not egalitarian offense, but it's going to be more of not a heliocentric offense built around Joel Embiid. Yeah. No, I mean, well, and but that's kind of the way you need to play. Like, you need Joel to be a defender more than a scorer, I, I right. think, to maximize at least this iteration of the team, assuming Harden comes back. Even if, even if Harden's not back, the, you, you need to ma- you need to put more of that in Maxi's hands and kind of just roll with that and have Joel kind of save his energy for defense because that's the main thing with Joel is he gets tired. Like, yeah. Oh, we saw it again in the playoffs and I know he was coming off an injury, but it it happened again in game five, 
four, six, and seven. When when they're not running teams off the court, he's exhausted at the end of these games. And I just want to point out that like we talked about the Celtics being a bad passing team. The Sixers, if they lose Harden and they get back this Terrence Mann, Nicholas Batum, their best passer is going to be Patrick Beverly, who's 35 years old. Like, they need to get a real playmaking upgrade as well. So, like, okay, cool. So you need a wing who can stay on the court and a a connecting playmaker slash high-level playmaker. Like, the things that they need are really hard to find unless you literally just trade for Damian Lillard. Like... What I'm trying to say here is like they might have backed themselves into the corner where the Dame trade is the only chance that they can kind of free themselves from this. I wonder if Daryl is kind of hedging his bets a little bit about the effect of the new CBA and yeah. what it's going to do to players just in terms of who's available at the minimums and who's available on the buyout market come February. Because, I think you're right because the John yeah. Collins move indicated that teams are going to be given away – Pretty good players for nothing, essentially. Yeah, and I, and and I think that teams are going to be, by extension, waving not as good players, but sure better players than we're used to are going to be available, like on the buyout market and like at the minimum. Um, which I think teams like Miami and Philly are going to be like kind of banking on, you know, like you yeah, can kind of be the ring chaser. L.A. for sure. Um, Although LA didn't really act like that. They signed a bunch of guys. I feel like they have 17 people on their roster. I don't even know. I guess they didn't bring Mobamba back. Yeah, they just they, they just let Mobamba walk, I think. And then they and then, and then they just Malik replaced him with Yeah, Emily Beasley too. I forgot about and that. And they replaced them with Jackson Hayes and um Oh, they lost Dennis Schroeder too. Yeah. To <laughs> after. Yeah. Um so Let's actually let's transition to talk about that. But I do agree yeah. with you that mm-hmm. I think that Daryl looks at this new CBA and says, "But once again, I'm talking about this. You can't punt on another half of a season and expect to win a championship. Like that's just you can't put a team together at the last second and be like, all right, go win a title, play 20 games together, and then go win a title. Like it just doesn't work. Yeah. It does. We just saw it with Phoenix. They added Kevin Durant. Yeah, I guess that's true. But also, like Kevin Durant is much more." It means much more to the structural integrity of what That's the true. Suns were going to be than yeah. you know. You, you do know you do a, you will have an identity, you know, like by that point. And I do think, I do think that regular season wins are not necessarily something that the Sixers are hard up for. It's that more about a lot Joel games. being healthy, you know. Like yeah. so. They'll win 50 games if Joel plays has relative health. So yeah. that's the that's the thing with them in the regular season. Um. So yeah, let's transition to talk about our favorite signings and our least favorite signings of the offseason. We could talk about some insane contracts that were handed out. Not not many, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we could talk about uh some what we would view from the team perspective as like a good value for a guy. So do you have any kind of like what the fuck uh signings that you were kind of blown away by that you just want to talk about a little bit. I mean, the only real one was like Jeremy Grant, like before, uh, I, before the Dame signing, because I, I get, I get the concept of like maintaining the asset, but they, I think he just stops being an asset. Like, I think that's going to be a terrible contract. Like, you know, like, and I guess Jeremy Grant has like defeated me in this type of situation once before. I thought the Detroit, contract Detroit gave him was pretty bad at that time but um 
he bet on himself and it worked out. So maybe this is a similar thing, but I just, that's the only one I can think of as being like a really like bad contract. I also didn't love 20 million for D'Angelo Russell, to be honest, but I, you know, that, that's the only two I can kind of like really think of as being like really bad. And at least with the D'Angelo Russell one, it was short term enough that like, a year from now, they could just probably trade it or a year and a half from now. It's just like, yeah. all right, here's some expiring salary and he can eat minutes during the regular season. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to talk about the Reggie Jackson one because that's yeah, pretty bad too. Yeah. We talked about it on the stream where I was like, Reggie Jackson got $5 million. It's like the shades of the Celtics signing Enos Cantor to with the player option a couple sure. of years ago. Like that, that type of a, cause it, it it doesn't seem that bad because like it's five million dollars who fucking cares you know like it's not that much that's like two percent of the cap or something but but he's not gonna play meaningful minutes like right also like you just signed Nikola Jokic to like the most expensive contract in the NBA like what your tax bill (laughs) like like that's like 30 million dollars in taxes if you're in the repeater like well did you see people did you see I saw some Nuggets fans saying Oh man, are we going to end up trading Michael Porter Jr. to the Pacers for Bruce Brown and expirings? Because Bruce right, signed right. that balloon contract, and Michael Porter Jr. is probably a contract that eventually they'll, if they want to pay Kevin, if they want to pay Contavious Caldwell Pope again, and they want to pay Aaron Gordon again, and they have to extend Jamal Murray, and they're paying Nikola Jokic this massive contract, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be the one that gets traded for less than he's worth, I should say. Like, because of the injury concerns, because of the fact that he got that max contract, like, I could see eventually them moving on from, I'm not even joking, uh, our buddy Dash, who's a Nuggets fan, said, he he was like, I think that the deadline, I wouldn't be shocked if they trade Michael Porter Jr. for Tobias is expiring and try to get Tobias on a cheaper deal moving forward. That might be, would you do that? I'm so afraid of Michael Porter Jr. It's like... Well, it's politics first off, but yeah. um, but uh, more importantly, his back is. I know he had the surgery and he looked better and whatever, and like he would be a great fit with the Sixers. I mean, he's exactly what the Sixers need, like a big wing. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Is like it might be worth the. Ri- I mean, you're fucked if you don't get something like this anyway. Sure, it might be worth the risk to be honest. Like, look if Joel's you know. like, "Hey, I'm asking out." Fuck it, who cares? Like that. Yeah. Hey, at least we got a big wing who can shoot and like has become a better defender and rebounder and and you know is uh is a bucket and a problem. Like I I, I do think that it, it's certainly worth considering. But once again, I'm afraid yeah. that his body's just going to fall apart at any yeah. given moment, which is why the only reason he would ever be available in the first place. But uh, but yeah, the Reggie Jackson, the only thing I could think of from Denver's perspective is they don't have tradable salary. All mm-hmm. of their guys are like making, like they lost, uh, Jeff Green, who was yeah. like a tradable salary. They lost Bruce Brown, who was a tradable salary. Yeah. Th- they're not going to trade Contavious Caldwell Pope or any of the guys we just mentioned. And yeah. all of their other rotation guys, like Christian Brown and uh, Julian Strother, who they just drafted, their rookie contracts, they're going to look at those as value deals. Jalen Pickett, those guys. Peyton Watson. Peyton Watson, yeah. So they're going to – they might look at the Reggie Jackson contract as like, all right, at least we get some salary filler if we need to make some trade at some point. Like we got $5 million to move at least. And we might be able to get back a rotation player for this in a year from now. Like that – was my only thought in it, but like, I don't know, these, these kind of like 
paying money to non guys who have proven to be non factors for you uh, after you got them is, I don't know. It's just a lot of money. Like the, he's a minimum guy. Like he should be making a minimum contract. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, so we did. We didn't get to react to the Fred Van Fleet one. We talked about it a little bit. Yeah. It, the fact that it came out later, there was a team option on the third year of the Fred Van Fleet deal, mm-hmm. which makes it a little bit easier for me to stomach. But it's still forty-two million dollars a year for mm-hmm. a guy that just shot under 40% from the field for his career. He shoots like under 40% from the field. He had one of the worst years of his career and maybe he bounces back and he plays great. But like, I I still think if I were Houston, I would have considered doing like these going after like throwing offer sheets at RFAs. Like, yeah, make, make it's only 24 hours to match now. So like throw an offer, make the Lakers pay for Austin Reeves, dude. Make them pay a hundred yeah. million to keep Austin Reeves if they want really want him. Try to go after him. PJ Washington, who's still a an RFA, throw yeah. a fifteen million dollar offer sheet at him. Like just yeah. throw younger guys that like might have a little bit more upside. And I understand like the culture fit and like why they picked him over Harden. And I'm sure Yudoka wanted a guy who's gonna like be like a good leader and like locker room guy. But like forty two million dollars a year for Fred Van Fleet is genuinely insane. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> It's definitely a lot. Is it? Is it? It. What was? What's the deal with the third year? It's a team option, a player yeah, option? option. So that there's that part yeah. of it at least. That you know that makes to me that makes it like that makes it pretty doable to me to be honest because you weren't going to be good in the next two years anyway. You know, like when the team option goes with Fred. So if there's someone who wants to get off money somewhere, like sure. it turns out you don't need Fred or he's bad. And Amen um, Thompson's like a star immediately. Yeah, like you just move him somewhere and take back, you know, Tobias Harris or, or something like that for like a team that, that you know needs to, or uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm trying to think of guys who have like long money that's like bad, like Yusuf Nurkic or something sure. like that, and get some like you know contracts back or something like that. Like you, you can. So I actually don't – the more I learn about the Fred Van Vliet contract, it's a pretty staggering number. I actually don't think it's that damaging, like genuinely, for Houston. The reason why the Jeremy Grant one is a little bit more – even though the money's crazy for two years for for Fred Van Vliet, the reason why the Jeremy Grant one's so staggering is because it's like – it's five years long. Five years. And he's 30 years old now. And he's like – is he – like, has he ever made an All-Star game? Did he make – Yeah. That's tough, man. That's really He's 29 tough. going on 30. He will be 34 going on 35 at the end of this contract. Like no one's trading, especially in this cap thing, man. Like you, you have to pick your max guys or guys in that salary range carefully. Yeah. Jeremy Grant is never going to be something a team is picking. You know, like I, I, I just don't, I, I don't see the value in that. I, Kind of think that you know it's not as bad as like the Evan Turner and the Timothy Mozgovs and some of that other stuff. Because they're because Jeremy Grant's like a really good valuable He's a player, good but, yeah. value player. But it's more kind of like the Luol Dang contract yeah. than anything that he got. Like where it's yeah. like you know, and I know Luol Dang's career was shortened because of his health stuff, but like he was another guy. Who, I think Luol Dang did make an All Star team. Um, he made two, I believe. Two, yeah. yeah. So like 
that's the caliber of player we're talking about. And like that contract was really fucking bad. Like when yep. they signed him to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. New I, Tobias I, just dropped is essentially what we're trying yes, to say. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I, that's by far the worst contract to me. Cause I just don't think I, I do not. I think Portland is eventually going to have to pay to get off that contract. You know, I think the worst, the best case scenario for them is he just plays out his days on Portland in a Tobias style. Yeah. Like what just happened with Tobias Harris on the Sixers is like the best case scenario for the 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 uh, the, the the Blazers. So, do you do you think that I don't really buy that they had no idea Dame was going to ask out, and that's why they signed oh, that contract? No, no, that's like not. I think that's like reported, confirmed, not true. That like yeah. Dame requested the trade like a week ago. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, they just signed him for whatever reason. It wasn't a lack of info. They just did a bad job. <laughs> At that point, why do you even care if you lose Jeremy Grant? Because I guess you're you're like, all right, if you're looking at my resume of moves as Joe Cronin, that was the best move he's made, was getting Jeremy Grant for a first-round pick. Yeah. Well, how about just sign and trade him? Like, you get something back. Like to Detroit you, or something, you, yeah. Yeah, you could send him to somewhere that, like, a team Go that back. Like, might want him. Like, get the maybe... pick back you traded for. Uh, yeah. You tra- <laughs> from Detroit. Yeah. No, uh, actually, they traded that for Jalen Durant. So they, they actually bad. don't even have it anymore, Detroit. But. Uh, you get, like, Rui back from, like, poor, uh, the Lakers or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like,. I feel like there was a way to there was a way to get that to like turn that into at least something. Like I just feel like that was a that was I that was by far the move I I'd liked the least of free agency. I don't think anything else was particularly close. So uh I mean it was it's a lot. Uh the only thing I will say is that they're probably not gonna contend in the next five years, so it won't hurt them in the same way that the Sixers who are in the playoffs and like shit we can't do and we can't build on the margins because this Tobias contract just takes up so much on our books at least Portland's going to be good isn't going to be good for like three or four years can I counter that though if Scoot's who you think you are yeah you get no value out of that rookie contract like all of the money all of that flexibility is now in Jeremy Grant's contract like well unless you unless you can free up space with this Damian Lillard trade I, I yes, but like, it, you're gonna be paying like a Fred Van Vliet. You're gonna be where Houston is, like yeah. this off season. Like at that point, and it's yeah. like, you know, what of what use is the cap space? You know, like I still would not rather. I mean, I know I was just throwing a conniption about Tyler Hero, but like that actively hurts your development with other guys. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I I don't know. I I just it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, to be honest. It's, Bad, 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 bad signing to me. So this wasn't exactly a signing, but Sabonis's contract is fucking massive, dude. Yeah, really and I understand for what they're building in Sacramento. Once again, they just went through 20 years of misery and they're like, oh, we just want to make it to the playoffs, dude. Like, we don't care about all this, like, oh, you got to win a championship or you got to contend or whatever, but $42 million a year for the next five years for Sabonis. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money for a guy who caps your ceiling is all I'll say. He lifts <laughs> the floor enough that like, okay, in the regular season, at least he's proud with the team that they have now, they're probably going to make the playoffs the next few years. And they might even be a little bit better than that way to playoff series. If they get a nice matchup in the first round, but it's a, it's a lot of money for a guy who, you know, he's coming off a career year. He was great. 
uh, made third team All NBA, deserved certainly a contract extension. But uh, after the way he played in the playoffs, forty-two million a year is a lot to commit to that guy. Is all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. I've, well, we've talked about uh, Sabonis ad nauseum. I mean, if Sabonis couldn't be effective in a Warriors series on the glass. I don't see a matchup that like I don't see a matchup where he's good in the West too. Like, oh, what if they play the Thunder? It's like I don't think he's good. Yeah, I mean, I knew he was going to be bad on defense. That was built in, but you couldn't rebound against the Warriors last. That's why they lost that series. Yeah, like because I was counting on that, and that I was like, oh, and like Sabonis will destroy them on the glass because like he'll give it right back on the other end, but he will be dominant yeah. on the glass and he was dog, absolute dog shit. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's a pretty bad contract. I mean, they're kind of stuck with that, you know, the, you know, sure. That would be something else to just let Sabonis walk, you know, like they're not going to let Sabonis walk, but he had yeah. a year left and like, yeah, I, I don't want to do the, who were you bidding against thing? But like, that was, the, that was certainly the next level of let's take care of our guy that we, you know, traded for and did, uh, you know, and made us look good this past year is the yeah. thing. It's not All great. right. One, one last bad one. One last uh, huge, huge, huge thumbs down to the Charlotte Hornets for uh, putting Miles Bridges back on the team. Oh, yeah, that was a joke. You're bad. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's actually the worst move of the offseason. Yeah. yeah. Offering him a qualifying offer instead of just being like goodbye uh, was yeah. kind of gross. And uh, but, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to ever see him play. Yeah. Uh, so from a, from just like, I guess a lot of these are just kind of like, okay. Like I, I, th- I thought Dennis Schroeder was an overpay uh, and a panic move by the Raptors. Yeah. Uh, he, well, Messiah worked quickly to address the Fred Van Vliet side. He responded in, in great. And yeah. also it came out, this is, this is why I love Raptor state media. <laughs> Because at least with the Sixers, like the the writers will call out Maury on his bullshit sometimes here. Yeah. Raptor State Media was like, oh no, he didn't even want Gabe Vincent. Those reports weren't true. He didn't yeah. he didn't want Gabe Vincent to replace Frank Van Fleet, who makes a lot more sense on the Raptors than Dennis Schroeder. No, he wanted to pay Dennis Schroeder that money, actually, after they it had nothing to do with the Lakers uh signing him. No, no not at all. He's chuckling bemusedly. Like, the rest <laughs> of the league is just kind of dancing in the palm of Masai's hand. Uh, just another day in the life of uh, the, the Lord Varas of uh, of the NBA. The spider weaves his web, and we are all just, uh, you know, sort of pawns in it. Uh, God damn, dude. They're, they're, like, they're like gonna win, like, 20 games next year running it back. It's gonna be awesome. I think that... I- I, I can't. I can't fall. I can't be Charlie Brown with the football anymore, because I. I just can't believe these Pascal Siakam rumors until until someone legit reports them. Um, and even then, could I believe that he's gonna fucking make a deal? Um, also, okay. So, if they are to run it back, the Jakubertel contract is laughably bad too, and it's not because Jakubertel isn't a good player. Like he's a fine. I think he's a little overrated by nerds because like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like uh, he's not like a crazy lob threat or a shooter or anything on offense other than like a guy who will set screens and roll to the basket and get rebounds. Uh, 
And yeah, he's a good rim protector on defense and he's a good drop center, but like, I don't know. Like, I'm not paying him $20 million. Like, the reason why you got him was to amplify Fred Van Fleet and Fred Van Fleet did that for him as well. But now, if you run it back, you're built, you somehow got collectively worse at shooting and you yeah. drafted a shooter in the lottery in Grady Dick. Like, yeah. you lost Fred Van Fleet and you replaced him with Dennis Schroeder, who's a much worse shooter. And yeah. you now have... You're going to build around Scotty Barnes, and here's here's the, the the development context you set up for him: a center who cannot shoot, and yep. a center who is uh, not switchable, which is something that the Raptors love to do. They love to switch. Yep. Um, they have they have accompanied him with a secondary ball handler in Pascal Siakam, who also is not a good three point shooter, yep. <laughs> who also is not going to space for. You have essentially just created a massive traffic jam in the middle of the court for you. The Grady Dick pick was fine. It was a good pick. And mm-hmm. you're never going to trade OG Adobe, who's a good corner three-point shooter, but, like, that's kind of it. And you're you're just – you're setting Scotty Barnes up. Even if you believe in Scotty Barnes like they do, you're setting him up to be a disappointment, I think, with all the pieces yeah. you're putting around him. Yeah. No, for sure. New Ben Simmons just dropped. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, it is like genuinely like if I, that would scare the shit out of me if I were the Raptors front office, what he looked like last year, like just yeah. in terms of looks he was passing up and the not shooting, like I would be addressing that like now. Um, he did get better with it throughout the course of the season, but it was certainly not like yeah. ideal, I, mean, I would say. Yeah. And I mean, like the Jakob Pertle, like you, that contract will be tradable. Like you probably won't get anything back, but that, that's like a neutral. I don't think that's going to be like a negative value contract. $20 million is like, I mean, that's what Vooch got, you know, and I think they're pretty similar tiers of, uh, you know, center, albeit with different skill sets. Vooch sure. is ironically probably more of a developmental uh, center, more of a boon to, developing sure. your other guys than because he's not going to get in the way at least he'll stay right. out at the three-point line and take seven threes a game or whatever right yeah they've got like opposite strengths but i i don't know like i it's just the raptors i don't know like they're 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 in trouble man like they 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 really should have fire sailed last year like and the moment might have passed them by to sell like Got nothing for Fed Van Fleet. You're in a, you're in a situation where if you don't trade Pascal or OG and they don't want to re-sign next offseason, you could once again lose a bunch of talent for nothing because you're too stubborn in trade negotiations. You could have had like you could have had a pretty high draft pick. It probably would not have been three the way that they got Scoot, but you could have had that pick for Pascal Siakam. And I don't know how much better the Blazers would have been. If All right, I, have, I have Pascal. a question for you. Yeah. Last year, it was reported that the Blazers offered Josh Hart in the seventh pick in the draft and a future first, I believe, for OG Ananobi. And that pick oh. was Shaden Sharp. So you could have Josh Hart, Shaden Sharp, and a future first for OG. <laughs> the leap is coming, dude. Don't laugh at Zach Lowe. Don't laugh at Don't laugh. He's coming. He's... he's... He's going to be good uh, next year when he's an unrestricted free agent and is pissed because you like he thinks he's better than he is and you put him with Pasc- with two other guys who play his position in Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Masai might be cooked, sadly. Um, yeah. So- and look, dude, shout out to uh, shout out to Wolfon from Pound the Rock who is a Raptors guy and called it perfectly. He said – 
there was a tweet from from back in 2021 when they decided not to trade Kyle Lowry at the deadline. And he thought it was a mistake. And he said, look, I think you should have just cashed in the chips, whatever. Um, yeah. And he talked about the same thing with OG uh, a few months ago. Talked about the same thing with Fred Van Fleet a few months ago. This is your point where you can cash in the chips and really rebuild around this young guy you have in Scotty Barnes and if you believe in him and whatever. And they decided to go the opposite direction and get Jakob Pertl. And he basically said, two years ago, he said, this is why you shouldn't fall in love with front offices. It's something that you say a lot where if you have a long enough run, you're going to have a hot streak sometimes and you're going to have look really smart and then you're going to have cold streaks sometimes. And you're going to look really dumb. And it's why you shouldn't you know, think that no uh, that your front office is – is imperfect and it's something that the Sixers are realizing with Daryl Morey now where like he's had a, a a a lot of nice acquisitions on the margins and done well but like the bigger stuff he's he might have kind of missed the mark on that and that's the stuff that really matters yeah and and that's I, I guess just like that's my thing is it's like you know I, I don't think like Masai is like I, I guess what I don't understand is like Masai is treating this like he's Raphael Stone and you won a championship like four years ago. Like I, I find it hard to believe ownership would not be with you. If you went to them and said, we need to tear this down and we need to build around this guy. Like the, yeah. you know, he's, he's acting like a, uh, a guy who's on the hot seat. And like, even if Masai did get fired before all of this, he could like name his, like he could name his salary, but like, what would maybe the Knicks, feel pretty comfortable in their leadership thing and they wouldn't like necessarily like, but do you really think like Rob Polinka is like, like Jeannie is going to say, Oh, we, we can't fire Rob Polinka for, uh, for, for Masai. That's a bridge too far. You know, like, <laughs> he could, he could, he could go to like 25 franchises. Sure. You, you, like, you know, like I, or could have like two years ago. Now I'm a little like less sure, you know, like I still think he could get a great job, but the thing is he got equity in the company and he got ownership piece in his last contract negotiations. So he's like, he's invested in the success of this franchise and he's just like, no, we're not going to make, no, no, we're, oh, here's our line and we're never going to make a deal. And honestly, Maury drives me crazy with the same shit, but at least he makes trades sometimes. Like, yeah. at least he does moves. Like, Masai's like, no, we're perfectly fine with what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, um, like, you, you give Danny Ainge all the shit you want because he's the he's probably the closest allegory we have to, like, Masai right now and just in terms of, like, refusing to trade and being linked in all these trades and being annoying about it. But, like, he at least made trades, like, yeah, pretty often. Trader Danny. Trader, he traded for Kyrie Irving. He like made some, you know, he traded up and down in the draft. He like would always move like fringe piece guys. Like, it, yeah, I don't know. I I just we need to go back to banning Raptors. It's just they're gonna win. They're gonna win thirty three games this year. Twenty is too low. They're gonna win thirty three games this year. Trying to win. Like not collecting any picks or anything like that. Like, sure, it'll be a yeah. bummer. So yeah, well, for not for us. No, but they, I mean, well, luckily they top what six protected the pick that they sent to the Spurs, so they'll probably end up keeping the pick. God, do they still owe that pick for Jakob Purtle? Oh my god, that's right because they drafted Grady Dick. Oh my they god, they traded a first round pick for the opportunity to pay Jakob Purtle eighty million dollars. <sighs> you couldn't have worked out a sign in trade this offseason? 
Like, I don't know. It just, oh, it's just, it's the awesome. terrible move. Terrible moves all. By the way, I just want to point out, yeah. kind of a cool thing. If you've been in the league for 10 years now, your veteran's minimum contract is over $3 million. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. It's the first time that yeah. that has ever happened. Justin Holiday, Patrick Beverly, they all got over $3 million. So good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just something that I would point out. Um, so yeah, I'm looking through the rest of this. Okay, so Delano Banton got slightly more than the veterans minimum, I believe. Unless the veterans minimum for everyone is just two million now, which it could be possible. I think it Maybe. is actually. I think it. Yeah, I think I think you guys did did give him the veterans minimum. I was gonna say I don't I don't know what exception we'd be using to sign a, a taxpayer mid level maybe, but I, I don't know. We'd have to sign Jalen Brown, I think, before I don't know. I, I think that's like close. I think there's like work to do. So I think everyone we've signed, I think both O'Shea Brissett and Delano Benton are minimum guys for us. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So uh what one last kind of like, all right, what the fuck happened here? Kind of uh what what did you think of the Cavs moves after you had a few days to think about it? They picked up Max. Max Struess. Okay. They picked up Max Struess. They re-signed Karis LeVert to a two-year, $32 million deal. Uh, by the way, I fell to my knees when I heard the Jock Landell contract at first for four thirty-two, and then I found out that it was only one year guaranteed, and I was like, okay, that's yeah. fine. That's yeah, fine. That's Whatever. Who cares? Funny. Yeah, that was fine. I was like, holy shit, four years, 32. There were, I, I was like, pray for, for Zian, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, so, uh, they signed George Niang for three to twenty six. So George Niang is making eight point six million dollars next year. Uh, they also signed Max Struess to a four year sixty three million dollar deal. So he's making sixteen million. And I actually thought what they said on Bill and Rosillo was true, in mm-hmm. that he, uh, in that their what they tried to do here was essentially just take a bunch of swings at finding the fifth guy. That can work in any lineup. So, like, okay, yeah. you have Struess at the three for certain lineups, Lavert at the three for certain lineups, Niang. If you want to play bigger and like you're maybe against a team where you can get away with that, and Mobley can maybe kind of try to play the threesome. Uh, I I feel like this is kind of these are insane overpays for these guys, though. Like sure, Max sure. Niang is thirty years old. Yeah, Niang's Niang is like twenty. Three as a rookie, I I didn't realize he was that old. That thirty, that's that's quite a bit. I mean, I will say they desperately needed shooting. And say what you yeah. will about George Yang, he is a forty percent three point shooter. He's a really that's the he's yeah. one of the best. He's the thing about George that always drove me insane was that he's not a good rebounder. He mm-hmm. can get cooked in space even by guys that are not like shifty guards. Like I'm talking about, like he can get cooked in space by like bigger dudes, and and more importantly. He's an archetype of player that I feel like isn't really valuable as much anymore as it used to be. In that he's like a stretch four who doesn't really do much else. Like, yeah. doesn't protect the rib, doesn't like, doesn't switch, doesn't do whatever. Like, but the then again in the playoffs, Petrus. what's that? The Mikhail Petrus. Yeah, like, Petrus like, is actually a pretty good defender, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. yeah, that could, remember that the good. stretch four used to be such a popular like. Was like was Ryan Anderson a stretch four? I'm trying to yeah, think of guys yeah, that were like right, yeah, exactly yeah like that's like a better those, comp yeah yeah those kind of guys that are like that don't really do much butt shoot but like mm-hmm. Niang is one of the best tall 
he will put it up from anywhere. And he does that. He knows that's why he has a job at the NBA and that will help the Cavs. I'm skeptical that just, and maybe a Jared Allen trade happens and that makes this, all of this look a little bit better, but I'm kind of like, I'm skeptical that he can play with their, all of their best players at the same time is my whole thing here. I I don't think he will. I, I think it'll be Struess. That is the the, the fifth starter. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you're, you know, you're pretty small on the wing at that point. Like, you know, yeah. Donovan Mitchell, you know, who's long, but is still pretty short and you're, you've got Struess. Um, but, you know, Struess gives them a develop, you know, I, I, I he's not going to be as good as he was in Miami. Let's get that out of the way right mm-hmm. now. Like so these guys always fall off a cliff, relatively speaking, but um, he does give them movement shooting, which like, how many like true blue movement shooters are there in the NBA that are like good? Like it's very few. I mean, and, and like he's he's one of the best. He's probably one of the five best defending movement shooters in the NBA. Yeah, and like there's like of guys that aren't like all stars that are sub all star level. There's like four of them in the NBA. Yeah, like and you get one of those guys. You know, now you have at least have like some different looks which I've like, you know, you do have, you know, you've got your Niang who's like kind of the corner, the traditional corner spacer. Um, you know, you've got Karis Levert who gives you a little more shake and bake as like a traditional six man, you know, like I, I think that's all fine. You know, it's it, any problems I have with the Cavs team construction more comes down to like, uh, you know, what are Jared Allen and Evan Mobley? How is that going to work? Cause yeah. I, you know, and I think that that is as we saw in the playoffs. Yeah, right. It's all about like, is can Evan Mobley is Evan Mobley going to be able to shoot? Like, do, basically, is is what that comes down to. And, sure. You know, I don't know. So I, I honestly think it was fine to be honest. I, I didn't really hate any of that. I mean, I think that was like, I don't think they gave up much, really. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I mean, they did. They honestly, yeah. yeah they, they they did. They gave up basically Shetty Osman, and that's it. Yeah. Which I know RIP to the your your era of uh of Osman in uh those two guys are better than Chetty Osman, I will say that. But I do think yeah. Chetty Osman is better than like Isaac Okoro and yeah. whatever else. As someone points out, or no, uh, no, Okoro's still on the on the caps. He's still on the oh, caps. They, yeah. didn't trade him? they didn't have to trade him. It was Steven, so they sent uh Shetty and uh Lamar Stevens to the Spurs to make the money work. Okay. And then some seconds to Miami. So Okay. I mean, it's a fine flyer, but 16 million is a lot for Max Strus. And then if you combine that with George Niang, that's like 24 million uh, between those two. It, it's it's a lot of money. That's all I'm saying. A lot a lot of money committed to two guys that I'm not sure uh, how it's going to work out. But uh, they needed to take some shots with with shooters, like you said. So I guess th- that's the thought process here. Um, and I just think Strus is kind of an overrated shooter. His numbers aren't really no, like he puts up enough. That they yeah. and that's the thing with the Miami shooters is that they find guys that are have such quick releases that can shoot off movement that yeah. are hard to guard that they put up enough that if they get hot the team looks unbeatable but like on the whole their averages are like around average they're just they're dynamic shooters they're not like really knock down like the best in the league type guys yeah um, I mean look thirty seven percent on six a game with uh movement that's pretty good you know like, like yeah. he is you know i think people think he's like a 43 percent or 42 percent they think shooter. he's duncan robinson and he's right not. Yeah, yeah he's not you know but he's still like you know and he you know he's the one who kind of cost 
them the most this playoffs. He's the one who had the roughest time, I think, in this playoffs of all of sure. those Miami guys. But I still think it's a pretty good, you know, signing for the Cavs for a team that needed shooting and especially movement shooting in, in that bad of a way. I think that's very important for them. And I do think he's going to have a much easier time shooting in Cleveland than he did in Miami. Yeah. He's much lower on the scouting port in Cleveland than he is what is in Miami. He was like their probably their number three or four guy that other teams were scouting for, for Miami. Sure. So I still think we get a Jared Allen trade sometime in the next week or two is my guess. I, I think that they're going to try. I think that they're going to either try to find a, a big who can space the floor or they're going to try to uh, force Mobley to play the five and then just get more size around them uh, at other positions, but we'll see. Um, okay. So any signings that you particularly liked that you were like, a lot of the Phoenix ones just as like a shorthand. They, yeah. Those were yeah. all good. Like yeah. for the little amount of resources they had, they yeah. got a crack. They got cracks at getting what four or five rotation players. Uh, they, yeah. they signed, um, uh, Yuta Watanabe, they signed Keita Bates-Diop, they signed Eric Gordon. Yeah. yeah. Yuta, um, Yuta in particular, I'm like, god damn, man. Like, how did he that... go for the minimum? Yeah, He's got to be like, a taxpayer mid-level guy, right? Like five yeah. million for... That's what I would th- That's what I would have thought. I I would have given Yuta that on the Celtics. Like, yeah. what was what was Yuta like? Maybe he's... Maybe his shooting's not as good as I think, but in my mind, he's like a 39%. Like With Kevin Durant last year, he shot like fifty like, percent. Yeah, he was insane when he was getting wide open looks, and and maybe he was just, but like he's going to have that oh, same he's, opportunity. He's a there. career thirty nine percent three point shooter on yeah. one point eight attempts, so it's like not that much, yeah. but like still, he's been in the league for five years, and he had thirty nine percent. Like that's that's a sample size. Like at that point, you know, like sure. that's not nothing. Like. You know, so and on, yeah, with Kevin Durant, like he was really good, and he's going to be with. Uh, I just don't know. I don't know about the Suns. I was so alarmed by how bad they looked against Denver that maybe I like sold my stock too much in them because I still yeah. I was kind of and like I didn't love the Brad Beal thing necessarily, but like I don't know. I I'm I'm gonna be very. They're one of the teams I'm gonna be most interested in next year, like for the full season. Like I really want to see what they look like, and they did a really good job getting guys who can like play minutes, especially for a team that has all of these guys with injury histories. Um, you know, I say all of these guys. I've just been Kevin Durant and Brad Beal, but you know. sure. Yeah, no, I'm with. Yeah. I I think that they they maximized with having the least of any team. They maximized the most. They got four or five guys. They brought back Damian Lee. They they brought they picked up Drew Eubanks, Eric. Like they just got guys that are like have a chance of being rotation players. And the hard part is already done for them. They have their top three guys locked in. They need to hope DeAndre Ayton can have a little bit of a bounce back. And then the rest of it is just like, can we find same issue they had last year? Can we find mm-hmm. our five through eight? And I think they have a better chance of doing that this year than they did last year. Getting guys who can stay on the court with simplified roles. That can just make open shots, keep the ball moving, yep. defend, like do everything that they need. Uh, honestly, on that end. Uh, okay, so a few a signing that I really liked actually. There were a few that like kind of stood out to me that were like that's nice. Malik Beasley for the minimum is just like he's not going to play in the playoffs for the Bucks. Yeah. Let me get that out of the way. 
But right. for a regular season signing, to get yeah. him on the veterans minimum and for a team that needs to get younger – for I was just going to say, he's going to be their youngest player at age 28 or whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah, like. Also, the yeah. reason I really like the signing for the Bucks is like, first off, he made the most threes in the NBA off the bench last year. Mm-hmm. He will put up a ton of threes. His defense struck is he's going to struggle, but like they have the infrastructure to keep it so that he can stay on the court at least. He'll be the fifth worst defender, or he'll be the worst defender, the fifth guy, but they mm-hmm. can at least make him hang on the court. He can shoot off movement. He can shoot off the dribble. He's a really dynamic shooter. He should like this is a move that I was shocked that Daryl Morey did not try to give him a little bit more money because I was like, he's a wing shooter who, like, everyone has wanted us to trade for Buddy Field for years, but Morey usually finds shooting on the margins. This is a shooting on the margin signing that like he'll probably return eight to ten million dollar value for the Bucks in the regular season, yeah. and more more importantly, they can trade Grayson Allen now. Yeah, like. You could trade sure. Grayson Allen's $10 million and not lose a ton of, like Malik Beasley, I mean, you're not, once again, you're not going to want to depend on him for the playoffs next year, but like he could be in the Grayson Allen role where he's the fifth starter for them sometimes. Like yeah. that's how good of a shooter he is. So like, I, I, I really like that signing uh, for the Bucks, and I, I was really pissed and, and sad that Nihilus Bucks got to be happy. So yeah. <laughs> God damn yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I, 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 by and large, not that I necessarily liked them, but the Bucks, uh, how will the old Milwaukee Bucks wriggle out of this jam? Uh, yeah. I had, uh, they I, did, they, they did, they did pretty well for themselves with the, the Middleton contract and the Lopez contracts. Were not as Middleton contract was, a st- uh, uh, I, yeah. I know Bill was like, not he's like, eh, I don't really, I'm like, he's making $30 million in like, Say what you will about Chris Middleton. Maybe he's just too old and injured to like really ever make that much. But like, you don't have other options. And like, yeah. he's played like a forty million dollar a year player before. So like, if he can recapture some of that, like, it's a totally fine contract at thirty four. Yeah, I mean, that was the agent and Chris doing the team a solid because like yeah. they he had them over a barrel. He could have extracted a lot more money from the Bucks, and it's he could have got forty million a year from the Rockets probably if he yeah. if he really wanted to like. Yeah, he so, could have got the Fred Van Fleet contract, basically. Yeah, they they did pretty well. We also forgot to mention Matt too when we were talking about good Sun signings earlier. Yeah, so. an, another Parm guy, dude. Just yeah. fucking James Jones Parm. and Summer of Parm, baby. James Jones and Brad Stevens just direct lines to Parm. Uh, yeah, on, they got him on speed dial. Um, exactly. I think. Um, uh, you know, it sound like I'm sucking up to Kevin, but I actually did kind of like the Javon Carter deal for the uh, Bulls. Tory Craig for the veterans minimum too is good. Yeah, those are. I think I like both of those signings. I think those were really good. Um, I, um, I mean, Tyrese. Do I even need to say Tyrese Halliburton? I thought that was like you know, he's like he was he was the easiest max I think on the board for anyone um, other than Anthony Edwards. Yeah, okay, yeah, I guess that's those fair. two. Yeah. Two, yeah, yeah. So that that's um, that's a fair one. And then there was one more that I was I was I was kind of scrolling through the ticket. What did you think about the Desmond Bain contract? It's got, I mean, he was getting, yeah, he was getting that money, you know, like, so I, you know, now he's just not as valuable, but like, Hey, I mean, he's, he's been your second best player for a while now. Um, The second or third. Yeah. Well, I, what Jaron Jackson Jr. is your best player. And then (laughs) Marcus Smart is going to be Marcus Smart. (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm all the jawless Grizzlies. I'm telling you, I'm telling. Mark me down right now. Nineteen and six. I was going to say twenty and five to start the year. 
19 and six when uh, when Jock comes back. Um, so, uh, but I, I don't know. I just think uh, I I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. You know, I thought that was like just a pretty yeah sure. Yeah. I, that's how I felt about a lot of this stuff, to be honest. Like um, the, you know, uh, we, the the Austin Reeves one though, like no team throwing a bag at Austin Reeves, and he got the yeah. third year option so he can opt out in two years. But yeah. the, the thing about Lakers, the Austin Lakers. Sadly, did pretty well. Too. Okay, but the also, I just want to put this out there. Yeah, it was kind of a gift and a curse for them because yeah. the Austin Reeves contract being so cheap made them be able to spend money elsewhere on like D'Angelo Russell, who like. Yeah. And then yeah, that was I, the think, only bad one. I think the Rui Hashimura contract is a crazy overpay. I, I, you know what? I actually didn't see the Rui contract. So because I, I was thinking about Gabe Vincent, which sure. I really liked for them. Yeah, he got three for fifty-one. He got 17 million a year. Like, yeah, that's tough. He had that's... half a season where he was good and he really yeah. shot the shit out of the ball in the playoffs. Like he hasn't proven enough in his career that he's worth that much money, but the Austin Reeves contract being so cheap made it so that they could sign Gabe Vincent and Rui Hachimura and and maybe have some, you know, not great value contracts, I guess, on the Colts. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of crazy. I mean, you think about, like, Herb Jones getting, like, what, $13 million a year or whatever that was? So he got 14, yeah. Yeah, four-year 14. Yeah, so he yeah. got more than, than Austin Reeves. He got more than Austin Reeves, but less than Rui Hachimura. Yes, got a lot less than Rui Hachimura. Yeah, so, like... That, you know, I, I, I kind of like that, to be honest. Even though they sure. have Trey Murphy, like, I feel like that's going to be – teams are going to want that. $14 million, like, the mid-level exception for a player like her. starting wing, yeah. That's yeah, like, valuable. that's going to be – that's they're going to turn that into – that's he's either going to be, like, a semi-centerpiece of a, another star trade or they're going to flip him for, like, a, two or three firsts. Like, like, two – like, one good first – and two bad ones or like two firsts and some bad picks. Like he's, I, I liked that, that little bit of business too. Um, I also kind of liked Kenny Martin Jr. to the Clippers, to be honest. Um, I like that for the Clippers. Cause I think that yeah. they need a Terrence Mann replacement once he's traded to the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think that that was at least part of the calculus. They wanted to get yeah. younger. They wanted to get more athletic. He's, I think he's good. He's good. He's yeah, good. I, I think Andy Burton Jr. is good. Yeah, so he's not a shooter, but he could pretty much do everything else. Really good athlete. Yeah. Um, he always and- he always popped out to me whenever we'd play the Rockets. I was, I was yeah. like, hey, he's like a player. Like he's like he he and um, who's their other good young guy? I'm forgetting his name. Um, Tari, not Tari. Um, it was like another undrafted, nameless guy. Tate. Um, Jayshon? Yeah, Jayshon Tate was like Who the other guy. Udoka really likes apparently and wants to keep. So that's yeah, that's like a. I guess like an energy guy off the bench. But those were the only two guys who were acting like professional basketball players yeah. when we played the Rockets. So like, I think that's a good pickup for the Clippers. So yeah. Um. Okay. So just a, a, a very quick few I want to run down here. You know, I think Seth Curry is a good gamble for the Mavs on the biannual exception. Did you hear about the other moves they want to make? The Mavs? No. They're, they're going to try to trade. The, 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 Tim Cato said, their, their plan right now is to try to dump Tim Hardaway Jr. to the Spurs and then take back into that, do a sign-in trade for Grant Williams from you guys and send back something. You guys get a trade exception and you send something back. And then they're going to h- try to keep their MLE to throw an offer sheet at Matisse Theibel. Hmm. I actually kind of like that. I was going to say, yeah. given what their options are, I mean, what are they... 
What are they sending to the Spurs, though? That's what we're going to have to find out. Are they sending a first-round pick? Or are they sending a first-round pick in any of this? Because if they are, then I'm like, eh. But, like, if you can get Grant and Theibel, and then you also got Seth for $4 million a year, a guy that you know is at least going to come in and make shots off the bench. Like, Grant would be great for them. Um, Yeah. Small ball, small ball five. Like, uh, like, not great, but, like, Grant's a 16-game player, too. Like, I, I really believe that, like, in just in terms of, like, I don't care that Grant is, like, say the same thing about Marcus Smart. I I don't care that these guys are – they're the opposite of Malcolm Brogdon, who, like, is great in the regular season, will win six-man of the year, but is, like, providing ultimately useless value in the playoffs. Like, you can tell who the guys who are, who are actually adding something in the playoffs, and I think Grant's is one of those players. So I like that for Dallas if they were able to – like actually pull that off. But if I were you guys, I would just, I know that he struggled and had like some down, but I would just match that. Like, I know that they don't want to spend a ton of money, but like, that's such a movable contract if he's making $12 million a year. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe the thing is maybe Grant doesn't want to sign. Cause the thing is with a sign and trade, it's not like the Celtics can be like, gotcha. You know, like it's a, it's a, it's one transaction. So, but they do have the matching rights if they did an RFA thing. Like if they threw an offer sheet at it. Oh yeah. I mean, if they're, but then their trade exception wouldn't do them any good. Uh, True. If they well, were. yeah, you get a t- another TPE, dude. You get a TPE to cook with. $12 million TPE? <laughs> I mean, it is the size of the mid-level exception, you know. And like, you could possibly try to send out, because the Tim Hardaway Jr. contract is big enough, you might be able to send out Peyton Pritchard and get a bigger one. That's interesting. Because they could just use those guys. I mean, yeah. I mean, are there any free agent guards left that you guys could sign if you lost Peyton Pritchard? Because you'll still need like Delano Band's a guard, but like, like you need like a a buckety type guard, I think, for the end of the bench. I mean, I think it's just letting Malcolm Brogdon cook the way Joe Missoula envisions. Loves to, yeah, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say uh, I don't really see a ton of because once Malik Beasley was signed. Yeah. I think he was the last kind of like bucket gettery shooter yeah. bench guy that you could possibly I think, get. I think the plan is just to play Sam Hauser more and like, you know, yeah, kind of do some of that stuff. I mean, I think I don't think they're like itching to get off Peyton Pritchard, but like, if yeah. somebody like is interested in him. By the way, congratulations to Peyton Pritchard who just got engaged the other day and then immediately got in a bar fight. Uh, at, Let's uh, go. The Boston yeah. experience. Yeah. That, that everyone, all the Celtics fans <laughs> in my feed were saying that like, this is a, this is a, a guaranteed, like, I, fuck, I forget. I want to credit whoever had this tweet. Very good. Look it up, whatever it is. But they said, uh, somebody said, uh, cause he, he got engaged in the geotag on the Instagram post was Cape Cod. Somebody put a tweet like, uh, Peyton Pritchard got engaged on Cape Cod. They said a likely place for him to be. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're the, whoever posted that tweet, uh, very funny. Um, Yeah, I'd say Io DeSumo, as uh, Koei says, that's like, I've always liked Io. um, but He's an RFA though, so they can match on him too, uh, is the one thing. Honestly, I think the guy who's been attached to you that fits this mold is Terrence Davis, but... I know Terrence Davis has also been on the Sixers, but he also has DV stuff, so I don't really fuck with him, to be honest. Yeah, I don't. I don't want him on the Sixers. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'd be very disappointed if we if we got rid of Jalen McDaniels, who also had his own little uh, accusations or something a few years ago, and yeah. then we turned around and signed another guy who has uh, a DV case. Like, that would be not where, great. Where did, 
didn't they trade Monty Morris or am I making that up? They traded him. Yeah, he traded yeah. they they dumped him to the Pistons for a second round pick. I was like, that's all it costs. But they wanted yeah. to create a trade exception. That's who I well, that's who I wanted. Like, you know, maybe they were waiting around. That was that was who I had my eye on was like Monty Morris or DeLon Wright. So I don't know. You guys probably still end up with Tyus Jones at some point. Maybe, maybe yeah, maybe, maybe that is the plan is to just maybe it's even at the trade deadline or something. Like you'll see yeah. if Ban Okay, so last bit of like contract that I liked. Mm-hmm. I, once again, I don't want to give Jalen McDaniels any credit because of his whatever, but the Raptors getting him for two for 9 million as a flyer potential wing is a good deal. Like it is. Yeah. They're it's only a good move. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, even though it compacts some of their, their issues. Uh, and then the last one that I wanted to talk about that's happened so far, I actually did a ban to Banton signing. I think is a good flyer. I yeah. think he's. I think that for what the Celtics need, ball handler who can pass mm-hmm. is going to do better with better spacing. I think as a as a guy who might have some upside, like might be a good yeah. backup point guard. Delano Banton is a good pickup. He's and he's big, you know. Yeah, that's the other important part. Is you know, I love uh, you. Yeah. So our our Celtics chat was uh, talking. Brad is a size queen. Like, uh, he has a type. So, Positional like, advantages. Yeah, yeah. So, um, t- shout out to Wolf and Brian for that one. That's extremely Sean. funny. I can't, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. One of the guys in my group chat. I'm sorry if we're not crediting you appropriately, but that yeah. made me laugh. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that was a perfectly fine signing. Again, I think this just goes to show that, like, you know, there were really only, I think, like, one or two, like, egregiously bad signings you know and i think there were not that many ones that were like oh that's awesome you know like there were i just felt pretty blah about a lot of the the, you know the stuff that's happened here so far um yeah all the stuff that happened before the draft was more exciting than a lot of this to be honest so i think we're gonna get one more wave in the next week or two i think we're either gonna get the dame trade that's gonna open up some stuff i think it's possible if i had to guess the four new names that are on the move are Dame Harden. And then if I'm going longer shots, Jared Allen, Jared Allen, and maybe Paul George or Pascal Siakam. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. The Pascal Siakam maybe. with the football. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. It might happen. <laughs> Those are the guys I would say. DeLon yeah. Wright is a sixer, unfortunately. So you, the Celtics yeah. will not be able to acquire him. He has already agreed to terms. He doesn't know it yet. The Sixers don't know it yet. The Wizards don't know it yet. But he will be. We will be sending Marcus Morris along with uh, uh, some second round picks to the Wizards, and we will be acquiring DeLon Wright. I have decided. So yeah, let's go. Congratulations, DeLon Wright. <laughs> you are a sixer. All right. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Um, yeah, so um, you guys might have noticed. Uh, so we have a new Twitter Blue user. That's right. Uh, Trilla is a Twitter Blue user. Um, so you know, you might notice him with some you know mandated things for Twitter Blue, where you know he's got to kind of you know ask about uh, what's really in the vaccines. Um, that's just part of it for him of his new uh, Twitter Blue experience. So just get that out of the way. Uh, oh, I also. I also just want to say I was drunk when I did this the other night and people in <laughs> people in the discord can back me up. Cause I was like, all right, so I could read 6,000 posts if I sign up for Twitter blue, cause my Twitter was broken. And I was like, Oh, I could read. And then I was drunk and signed up for it. And then I was like, Oh no, he was lying. He was lying about all this. And then I immediately canceled Twitter blue 
and it still gave me the blue check mark. Yeah, so everyone can make fun of me. You still got you still got the uh yeah, I the could... blue badge of cowardice. Yeah, exactly. I got yeah. people fucking very mad at me over this, but you know what it you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. I gotta read oh. read my posts during slop season. Yeah, you guys just aren't real slop addicts like the real <laughs> over here. I was like, okay, I don't give a shit. Give me I'm, some fucking slop. I'm downloading uh, bizarre third-party uh, extensions that supposedly boost my thing. Uh, just like a, let's go. Scratching my neck. I where, need where the are those posts. Where are the posts? Give me the, me the posts. Uh, oh, and also the last person I forgot that would I would say is somewhat likely to be traded in the next few weeks is Zach Levine, who I think will be the consolation prize for yeah. the teams that don't get Damian Lillard or James Harden if he is traded. So. Yes. So, Zach Levine, also a sixer. Soon. Talk soon. All right. Talk soon. Peace. Peace.